Was anybody else expecting it to not be like cow's milk, but like duck no, milk or no, maybe, it, maybe it was bat milk. Yeah. Duck milk? Did ducks produce milk? I don't think <laughs> no. So. Duck milk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, a show where each week we pick a different sitcom. Watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if the show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Sabrina went 163 episodes over seven seasons, originally airing on ABC and then later moving to the WB. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing September 27, 1996. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, all the boys, Joe, Ferg, Nick, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Hello. Hey, guys. Knock, knock. Hey, knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Brad. Brad. Brad, why the fuck did we watch this and ruin our childhood? <laughs> Holy shit. This should have been left in 1996. Didn't God ruin my childhood. It. I never watched it. You never watched it back you in the day? You never watched this? Really? No, really? I thought it was for girls. Why does this keep coming up? This is I'm so sorry. weirdly gender biased. <laughs> it was the 90s, and it was a teenage girl. Which. I loved it. I had a huge crush on Carolyn Ray when this came out, though. I'm not Dude, lie. me too. Hell yeah. Not Sabrina? talking to... See, Melissa Joan Hart never did it for me. Like, I, I, I was talking about that in the chat. We grew up with her, um, but I was never like... I never had, like, a crush on her for some reason. Right she there was, with you, yeah. Like, no um, no shade on Melissa Joan Hart, but Carolyn Ray was the one for yeah. me in this show. Aunt, Nick, I'm Aunt glad you were right Ooh-wee. I like um, the other one. Zelda? Carolyn Ray was great on that uh, last cut. What was it? What was that fucking last one? LOL Canada. Show? One of the funniest so hours of TV put out in the past twenty years. So, um, before we even get going any further, Gordo, you haven't turned your video on. Wh- what are we about to see? Please be Carolyn Ray. <laughs> Not Carolyn Ray. <laughs> you spooky ghost. Well, oh, you're the no. Void. I'm oh, what? <laughs> Fuck <are> you. <laughs> I'm a cowboy. I disagree. I don't think you are. <laughs> you look more like a leather daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in Dodgeball when oh, you look, get the look, wrong costume. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> I always just have one on, you know. Ferg looks a lot more like a cowboy. You look like when they go to the Blue Oyster Bar in the Police Academy movies. <laughs> you, don't, you don't read cowboy right now. <laughs> Is it because I'm shirtless? You're shirtless with a leather vest Dancing, on. Dancing, sir. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of it. But you are actually shirtless. <laughs> I hope your okay. back scratches you so hard across the chest while we're recording. Go to do me a favor. Um, when we're done recording, make sure you take a photo of yourself for us to put on the Instagram. You're not even a bear. You're a cub. <laughs> What I love the most about this, though, is Gordo's covering nothing. He's shirtless, and the one thing he's covering is his, t- his dragon tattoo. No, I'll show you the dragon. The dragon can come out. It's Halloween. Why not? Hold on. Yeah, release the dragon. It's not his dick. Excuse people, me while I whip this out. We're going to have to try to grab some <laughs> video of this take for you guys. Off so, so many things. That was a Blazing Saddles reference, just so you guys know. Yeah, that's why I said this. That's the end of the suit. Now, now you look like a jobber wrestler. <laughs> yeah. I'm Cowboy Bob Orton. <laughs> you look literally like Hangman Adam Page. He does no, look, no, no, not literally. He looks no, he, more, looks, he looks tougher and stronger than Hangman Adam Page. You look like Hangman James Ellsworth. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Regionally and offspring tattoo that seems to make sense for everything. And that's my dragon. 
<laughs> the post. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll try to make sure we have a video for you guys to watch on our Instagram. Um, that's what you want pod. That's what you want pod. If you want to check that out. Um, but yeah, this is our Halloween episode. This is our fourth week of our October spooky, supernatural, untitled block of shows we do every year. Halloween year two. Uh, yeah. Um, last year we did all dress up. This year we didn't discuss doing it enough to actually do it, except Gordo stayed committed. So props to him for that. I had a costume in mind, too, and I just didn't have the time to pull it off. Well, if you had to dress up for Halloween, Joe, what would you dress up as? So this isn't going to make sense to the fans because this joke was edited out of an episode, but I was going to be John Bidet Ramsey. So I was going to get a pink cowboy hat and then just shoot water out when I was talking. (laughs) I just like spaced on it and Amazon takes so long to get here in Maine that I couldn't get a pink cowboy hat in like three days. So I had to fucking bail. You live. You live so in the middle of nowhere that even Amazon can't get to you quick. Legitimately, the fucking mail didn't come today. I have like three things that are like, out for delivery, we'll be there by 3 p.m. Fucking not happening. Yeah, it's a nightmare. What about you, Ferg? What would you be for Halloween? I, don't know, I have plenty of emergency costumes, but none of <laughs> You didn't even want out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Break glass for costume. I don't have any like TV ones. Yeah, I could have like, I have like old stuff I could have just thrown on. But yeah, basically all I would have done was if I had Halloween plans this year, I would have just used whatever costume I was going to use for that. And I have no plans. So what about you, Nick? I wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> Nick doesn't dress up even for real. I wore a I wore a zoom filter last year, if you remember. Yeah. Yes, right. you did. I like did the- costumes last year. We'll have to make sure for next year for anniversary three. We'll we'll all do costumes. We'll We'll get in the preparation period in like the preparation h in like uh august spooky dookie year three <laughs> i have a couple years uh a couple shows in mind already for year three but me too uh, doing four um every october is aggressive when you're talking about supernatural sitcoms so we're gonna it's gonna be tough depending on how many years we run the show we probably have two years left in us eventually we're gonna have to call an audible and then just do halloween episodes of sitcoms we already did because, like, that's the only way to do it. Oh, no, Rosie the Riveter over here popping in. <laughs> we could use Gordo's logic and do Harry and the Hendersons because apparently cryptozoology is the same as supernatural stuff. It is. It is not. It's all lumped in together. If we're going to do Harry and the Hendersons, we're going to break format and instead of doing the pilot, do the one with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, man. <laughs> no, you don't get to suddenly want to break format whenever we ask. You're like, no, we have to do stuff the way we always do. <laughs> we have to do it like this. <laughs> yeah, if we were going to break format, everybody listening right now would have already heard the aborted Pete and Pete episode. Anytime one of us was like, I have a sniffle. And we're all like, let's just fucking not record tonight. You're the only one who's like, I have a sniffle. We shouldn't record tonight. The rest of us just come in sick. I recorded two weeks with COVID. <laughs> the only time I didn't record was due to a very bad COVID where I could not record. What about that time you got the poops in, like, December last year? The poops? Were we flying kites together? I don't recall. <laughs> All right, hold on. Moving moving right along. Let's get into the actual talking about Sabrina. All you Sabrina fans, <laughs> that sucked you in. Yeah, I love the first five minutes of this where, like, people are like, I love that teen girl drama when I was a kid. are going to turn the fuck off of this episode so soon. Yeah, this show was huge. Again, 163 episodes over seven seasons. It had three television movies that went along with it. Sabrina was huge, and I watched it pretty consistently for years. I, I loved this show back in the day. Yeah, I loved it. This would have come out when we were, like, what, 11? So, like, right in the wheelhouse of what we would have yeah. been perfect age for. Yeah. It. it was TGIF, so, like, I again, didn't think it was that old, by the way. I thought it was a little newer than that. I thought it was no, older. No, it makes sense. 
Because like if I was much old, like so I was ten. If I was much older, I would have probably not been interested. If I was already like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, I feel like even twelve or thirteen, like you would have been a point where you're like I'm not watching this dumb thing. I was invested. I think probably at that point I might have still been watching, but I don't remember. I definitely like I don't have a, a like a knowledge of the later seasons as I'm looking through the show and I'm seeing stuff that happened later on. Like I don't really know anything that happened later on. I feel to your point, Jay, I think I really religiously cared and watched the first two seasons and then never anything else. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't know. I'd have to like revisit deeper to know how far in I got on it. Also, too, props to Melissa Joan Hart for getting Clarissa explains it all. And then this like almost back to back. She didn't have to audition. This the show was made with her in mind. Her mom yeah. is the producer of the show. Yeah. And well, um she, yeah, this oh, was nepotism was, much. Yeah. But um yeah, this this role was made essentially for her i will say though in a world where i there's so much shit that's like based on a comic book and they just throw everything out there this was kind of like a weird offshoot comic show to get thrown out there it was, was spin off of archie very weird yeah i didn't i literally had no idea until again reading up on it doing the notes for the show and they never even threw in you never met archie or jughead or anyone in the show which I think is a shame because, I mean, I, I fucking have never seen Riverdale and I refuse to. But like, Don't, it's terrible. I, I refuse to. I'm just not going to do it. The The only adaptation of the Archies I can think of is in The Simpsons when Archie and them throw Homer out of the car and go, stay out of Riverdale, which is like the only thing I can think of from that time I'd care about. I don't want to watch a teen drama about a kid with a crown. That's weird. I don't want like it to be overly done, but like a little nod to it wouldn't have been so bad. She could have just had a friend named Archie or be like, what are you, a jughead? Fine. <laughs> like, you make the joke, you know? But Archie's met Freddy Krueger. He's met the Punisher. He's met the Ramones. Um, the Ramones. He's met um the Predator. That that series has just spun off into so many different stuff. And, like, people don't even realize, like, just how, like, crazy Archie was. It's like, who is that made for? Like, who's like, ooh, the Archie vs. Freddy comic came out. According I guess to Ferg, not girls, so it's okay. <laughs> I said back then I thought it was for girls. I didn't know until now that Ferg uh, doing his board impression. Everybody knows it's for girls. Well, there was, yeah, Gordo said recently he didn't watch them because he thought it was for girls. And you're the first one who got Blossom. on him. Blossom. Blossom. You're like, yeah, which is around the same time. Like, just because there was a girl main character doesn't mean that it was for girls. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the well, maybe, same time, maybe this is how I learned my lesson. So I was able to correct him. You saw this and you were like, you're right. Blossom was great. <laughs> also gordo update i looked and blossom is not available on blu-ray but you can buy singular seasons on dvds so let me know if you want season one or a totally random season which might be funnier get him a totally random season like blossom season 11 like whoa we're 35 whoa <laughs> well to lump that all together here? melissa joan hart and joey lawrence ended up having a show together that's true which we'll eventually cover wasn't it just called melissa and joey yeah it was something like that i don't remember like the exact name but it was basically their names and Nick, not to put it up early, but I figured we should get out of the way. Melissa Joan Hart, big wrestling fan. Yeah, she is. She was at the AEW recently. Oh, so she has terrible taste, too? Stop it. We won't get over Let's not over wrestling, because I don't know. We've already, <laughs> our Sabrina crowd is like, oh, I love that show. Let me listen to a podcast about it. It's like, well, they spent 10 minutes talking about themselves, and then they just started talking about wrestling. <laughs> I will say, though, it is, we're, we're all from Massachusetts, right? It is October, and there's a character named Salem, right? So this show is not in salem it's based in a fictional town in massachusetts that I, yeah. I assume you're to believe is like one town over west bridge yeah so did you know that the animatronic for salem is actually the same animatronic they use in hocus pocus for zachary binks thanks to imdb i did know that 
Uh, we tried to watch the new Hocus Pocus and I fell asleep in the middle of the Walmart scene, which is like two minutes into it. And then I woke up and it was over and Kelsey was like, I can't believe you fell asleep. And I was like, what do you mean you can't believe I fell asleep? Why would you think I care about Hocus Pocus 2? I love the first Hocus Pocus. I do too, but like, I don't terrible. care about this one. Let's get into let's get into the witches that we're supposed to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's get right into that. So to start it off, we see Sabrina who's laying in bed and she's levitating. And her aunts walk in and they're talking about like, oh good, it's her 16th birthday right on schedule. She's, you know, levitating for the first time. Hilda wants to wake her up and let her know like that she's a witch. She doesn't know this yet. And Zelda says, no. Zelda and Hilda are her two aunts. Did I make that clear? You did not, but no. we're good now. Yeah, so she lives with her two aunts. And she's like, no, let's just wait until morning and we'll talk to her then. And they walk off and you just kind of see her levitating. And that's about it for the intro scene. So right off the bat, they're letting you know, you know, she's a witch. It's showing you a little bit of, you know, special effects. So you're getting a vibe for the show right away. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, like, I felt immediately this and into the theme song, especially I felt every bit of the like, this is an unfair review because it's really hard to review a show like this as a late 30s guy you know what i mean yeah, like you gotta put yourself in the shoes of the demographic. trying my best and this whole thing was like all i kept thinking is is the best scene ever of uh buffy the vampire slayer the movie it was like dude you're floating <laughs> <laughs> so we've had this like debate before and i feel like maybe unfairly we're inconsistent with how we do this but i feel like the one time you really do need to change like what hat you have on is when it's a show you know it's geared towards younger people I think that's the one time you really have to be like, all right, this show isn't made for a 36, 37-year-old man. Like, let me get into my headspace when I was a little younger. Whereas other shows that are more adult-based, I guess I think it's more fair for us to say this wasn't made for us, but I don't like it, so I'm canceling. I think as the show, as the episode went on, I feel like I was able to get a little away from that. But at the very beginning, like, I think it just takes some time, right? At the very beginning, you're like, fuck, this is going to be a long 22 minutes because it just it'd be weird to rewatch you know i didn't get the kids show vibe from it i got the just the 90s sitcom vibe from it not kid but teen yeah i got teen i didn't kid. love this as an opening scene i thought it was a little too i think it like, rushed everything it was a little too boring i know? think they should have done a whole like day of her not knowing she was a witch and tomorrow's her birthday so you saw her normal life and then you saw witch life no i appreciate the jumping right into it it's the premise of the show just get into it like, but i feel like everything about this show is rushed like they they rushed right away oh she's 16 she's a witch they they rushed the school scenes they rush like everything all of a sudden back and you know i won't get into the plot stuff but everything in this pilot felt rushed to me I will say, to jump in, Ferg, I agree. I feel like everything felt like it was rushed. Nick, I agree. I'm glad they rushed it because I did not want this drawn out. And Jay, I agree. It was a little boring. <laughs> Joe, don't tip your cap too fast. <laughs> I mean, this this particular scene, I'm saying. Yeah. Well, in from this scene, because it was quick and it's dark. You know what I mean? It's like it's nighttime. There's not there's not a lot going on. And you, the, the main character isn't even speaking because he's asleep. So from there, we get into the intro, which is a little more lively and fun. Is it, though? Yeah, it's a nice, fun little music. It just sounds like a bad, it's a bad fake Gin Blossom song. And the Gin Blossoms never wrote a bad song. And that's so, this is a weird, bad take on a Gin Blossom song. That's a bold statement. They it's a bold a statement. Song. I will stand by the Gin Blossoms. If you Blossoms remember, too, this rule. intro was different every episode. They changed, like, the end part of it. Yeah, right? like her end costume or whatever. She would always say something different or whatever. 
yeah so to lay it out it's pretty much like just like a dark backdrop and you just see her in front of a like a like a long mirror and she's using her powers to change her outfits and that's what the intro is over that like upbeat music and the joke of this episode is she ends up in a witch's costume and says well that doesn't fit this song sounds like at the end you should be like pizza rolls like every time they say something i just want to yell like totinos do the gin blossoms do any pizza roll commercials no but i'm I'm assuming they would now if if asked but give us a commercial we haven't eaten in weeks (laughs) it's kind of like clarissa explains it all she kind of did the same thing in that um intro too that was another like her in front of a green screen interacting with the words yeah it was a white background she was trying to write her name the whole time and the characters just kept showing up that is a show that i would like to eventually cover and look back at we get to the first uh scene post intro and we see sabrina heading down to the like dining room area about to have like breakfast before school with her two aunts and it's her birthday and they wish her a happy birthday and they get her a gift and she sits down to open up the gift and it's a small cauldron a smaldron if you will yes a smaldron as they're most uh typically called and she's like oh thanks you know because again she doesn't know she's a witch and so the cauldron's throwing her off a little bit she didn't know why that was being gifted to her make soup in it for soups yeah also right off the bat i noticed the cameras like move along it's not that standard like static shot that a lot of there's a lot of that in this yeah and that like threw me right off the bat. This was like kind of that weird point where sitcoms were kind of taking that turn a little bit more, right? Because before this, which is still like mid nineties, the very few shows that I can remember that you were getting that kind of camera work off a quote unquote sitcom. Yeah. Like there's effort put into this for sure. And they got it. The casting is really good. Um, you know, like the storyline of it is very simple, but the casting is good. They, there's money in it. They're trying to do a thing and they succeed at it. and it does feel it's weird. This didn't feel to me like Saved by the Bell, but it felt very much like Saved by the Bell, the new class. How dare you? Well, I just mean like that type of filming, the way it looked like Saved by the Bell almost has like the film stock changes over time. You know what I mean? At least give them the college years. New class. Ugh. Well, the college years looked like Saved by the Bell, but Saved by the Bell, the new class looked like the cheaper degraded version of film they didn't want to spend the same amount of money and this like looks like that all the uh high school scenes to me reminded me of saved by the bell the new class which also if you guys watch the uh what's that dark side of comedy episode on uh screech there are some candid interviews with uh god what's this fuck that we made fun of the entire episode who owns Justin the max Diamond? max oh yeah oh the, the magician the rapey magician the rapey magicians all over it being like he seemed fine to me like i don't know if i trust you bud <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh her aunt after she opens up this gift gets right into it and says you know you're a witch and she's like what do you mean i'm a witch it's like you're a witch and they explain like i'm a witch like you're you know hilda's a witch her other aunt your father's a witch and she's like oh so my mom's a witch too and hilda goes i always thought so and then they find out yeah but up bum and it's like, no, your mom's actually immortal. That's why you're here. So we can teach you how to use your magic. Now, I wonder before that even happened, like, why did she originally think she was moving with her aunts out of nowhere? Because her parents was one was away on a work trip. And the oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah, the mom is in Portugal, I think. And the dad's in the foreign service is the explanation. Chile. Right. She's in Chile looking for dinosaur fossils. Okay. So she's in Chile and he's in the foreign service. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this whole thing was like, oh. You know what? For a second, you almost made me forget about my first day of school. Thanks. And she like heads out. You know what bothers me? They don't like, it's not, hey, happy birthday. 
It's her, um, it's her 16th well, they gave her the birthday. gift. Yeah, no, they gave the, the cauldron was the gift for her birthday. I don't know, man. Like a peewee sale, like a pancake with a sausage smile and strawberry eyes sort of thing. Like she's a 16 year old girl who's her clearly living there for not a long time, starting her first day at a new school. Like I feel like they should have like gussied up the birthday a little to be like, hey, we care well, about We see you. their attempt at a birthday party later in the episode. You got to remember, too, these are two women who don't have kids and all of a sudden are like parenting this child. So they don't really know how to approach it, I guess. And they're 500 years old or whatever. It bothers me, too, that um, she doesn't believe them, and it can easily be proven by just one spell by either of That's them. True. Yeah, that like, bugged me. Hey, yeah. by the way, pew! Oh, it's not your birthday. You're another witch, huh? Like, yeah, like, why don't we just do that? And at this point, I think there wasn't much reason for her to believe them, right? They, exactly. Other than them giving the cauldron. So her, like, logic of, oh, thanks for just trying to distract me from my first day of school was like, that makes sense. It's a weird thing I say all the time whenever we watch like a movie or something where they're like, back to school. Or like, I have like a genuine moment where I'm like, I'm so glad I never have to go to school ever again. Like, it's such a weird thing where like, we all did it and it's fine and I'm not knocking education, but holy shit, am I glad I never have to experience going back to school again. Preach. And now I get to get up early and go to work. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> earlier and nightmarishly more i'm sure but at least not school. at least school i had all of you <laughs> yeah, all our friends were at school yeah now well now work i'm like in a room alone all day being like hey joe oh hey joe how's it going? Like, there's like nobody around <laughs> it's like when it's 2 30 in the morning and i wake up i'm not like oh awesome i'm so glad i'm not going to school well now too when you like take a day off of work whatever like because you're sick it's not because you're like faking it to watch maury all day now it's like you take the day off work because you're actually sick and you can't do anything fun. God, I miss Murray. <laughs> I want to just close out the scene. As Sabrina's walking out, you know, the cat's posted up on like the on the porch or whatever. And she's she's talking to the cat, but kind of to the audience in a way by doing so. It's like, oh my my aunts try hard, but you have to admit they're they're pretty weird. And she walks off, and that's when the cat Salem under his breath goes, You have no idea. So you're you're seeing we as the audience are seeing, she doesn't get to see it yet, but the cat talks. To my knowledge, it's the only time that she breaks the fourth wall, right? And talks to the audience. Well, she's talking to the cat, but she kind of is. But she's kind of looking in the camera. She's yeah. looking at the camera and goes, my aunts are weird. Like, <laughs> it's very Clarissa, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is that what, that's what Clarissa was. So they're probably trying to shoehorn some of that in there, too. It's very pilot, too, though, because you can have like a grace period in a pilot where you're like winking at the camera being like so you know the next 300 episodes are going to be like this and we won't do this again but i'm sort of letting you in now you know well i mean i think it's also a nod like you guys said to clarissa just to kind of rope them in and be like a little bit of nostalgia from like two years ago i actually don't know when clarissa ended and when this began about two years right yeah but i, I want to say it was somewhere around there but this way it's kind of a little bit of nostalgia yeah, I can't remember how long Clarissa ran for, but I, I think know... 91 to 94. So I think this is two years because she's 20 when this starts, despite she... the title of the show. Yeah, it's funny when you look back on these Nick shows like Clarissa. I thought there was like 10 seasons because we were growing up watching and it was always on. But every single one of them is like four years, three years, two years. It's yeah, like... we did. Hey, dude. And it was like two seasons. You're like, what the fuck? That's it. <laughs> we just watched the same. But like, remember now, like in. You know, Ferg, you have a kid, and, you know, we're all, you know, uncles. <laughs> you know kids, they just watch the same shit over and over and over anyway. So if you had 20 episodes of a show to rotate, that was more than enough because you don't think about it that way. 
I kind of love that though because I feel like that's how a lot of us became very broken brained. So like when my uh, niece and nephew were here a couple weeks ago, we're like painting pumpkins and you know all sort of Halloween stuff, right? And they were like, I was like, what do you guys want to watch? And they were like, the new Adams Family movie, the uh, cartoon one. And I was like, oh, you guys haven't seen it yet? And they're like, oh no, we watched it like five times. I was like, oh, you guys are great. Like kids are still kids, right? We're like, oh no, it's good. We'll just watch it over and over again. Yeah, that's fun until it's a song that's annoying as fuck and you have to hear it 50 times in a row. Oh, when it's a song, it's bad, yeah. The trick is aiming them to something you can tolerate. I actually (laughs) enjoyed the Adam Stanley thing. It wasn't that bad. I got Max into, like, the Muppets super early, so I could just watch a lot of Muppets when he was little. Uh, The creator of this show was also a writer on a ton of TV shows, and she wrote a bunch of the episodes of the 2015 Muppets that we did. Oh, nice. Which I still think deserved a second season. I thought that was so fun and just didn't get it. Yeah, and uh, for those of you listening, dirty uh, Muppets. go back. We, yeah, we covered the Muppets a while ago. Surprisingly, one of our dirtiest episodes ever, but go Sexy back. Sexy office Muppets. That. But yeah, the, uh, the next Kermit's scene here. Kermit's whole girlfriend. <laughs> we see Sabrina going into <laughs> school for the first time. And Sabrina's walking by and she just sees a dude through the window that she takes a liking to and just looks at him through the window. And then her first class, she's heading over to Mr. Poole's class, and he calls her. He says, "Summer's over. Come on in." Am I the only one that thought his name was Mr. Pooh at first because he was standing in front of the L of Pool where it was written? No, no. Nope. <laughs> oh, all I thought of was Mr. this is going to be a super long episode because Mr. Pool directed Jay's one uh, movie mine, debut, yeah. and I assumed he must have had like a bunch of like chats with him in the trailer about his character. And we're going to have to hear a bunch of Paul Feig stories. No, but yeah, uh, Mr. Pool played by Paul Feig who nowadays is most known as a director, but you would know him as the skinny counselor from Heavyweights. His best role. A very funny man who directed a very not great movie that a not great friend of ours was in. <laughs> Wait, why is Jay not great? <laughs> well, I mean, he's right here. <laughs> he said a not great movie that our was not he great involved friend with is in. Kids <laughs> in the you. Hall at all? No. Because I, I swear he was. I thought I remembered him with those I don't guys, think so, but, at least. Yeah. He's great. He's very funny. He's, He's acted in a ton of stuff, and all I could ever think of is heavyweights. Because there was another time we brought him up, and again, I could only think of heavyweights. I mean, he directed he directed Bridesmaids, which is great. So Bridesmaids is great. Well, it's Paul Feig's great. I mean, look, look, Ghostbusters the movie we talk about it all the time. We make fun of Ghostbusters because it's easy to rip on Jay for being in it. No, I make fun of uh, Ghostbusters because it's a terrible, shitty movie. Look, I just think that if they if he made his own movie. It would have been fine. I think he did make his own movie. That's why it's terrible. He fought to make it like that. Yeah, but I didn't want him to make one that was too far in because we all grew up with Ghostbusters and that would have been worse. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I think the cameo parts were the worst part of the movie where it was like, here's Dan Aykroyd. Like, I don't I'm know afraid of no ghost. Ah, I'm a it's tough when you have like a, <laughs> any like popular IP like that, that you're trying to do your own take on. It's near impossible to satisfy the fan base. So you don't do your own take and then you satisfy the fan base. Why don't we satisfy our fan base and get back into Sabrina? <laughs> Why don't we satisfy our fan base, Gordo, and you black out your video so nobody has to see this anymore? Just saying that. Uh, we get into Mr. Poole's class, and he's talking to everyone about, you know, they're going to get into some biology here. And it's going to be that, like, frog dissecting class, which is, is that, so, like, we never did that in school. Never we it. never did do that, and it's a huge trope in TV and movies with dissecting pigs or frogs or whatever we don't we never did that and i don't think we did many people we did actually uh, fetal pigs i didn't i never did i don't remember fetal pigs i think that was a dream ferg 
and by the time we were in school too, like there's there's a lot of TV show episodes where it's like, well, you might have to take a C if you don't dissect it because you're refusing. And they're like, yeah. I took it as a personal thing. I remember when they were like, if we were gonna do anything like that, they would have been like, oh no, you're fine. Like no, this is optional because you can't just ask people to dissect an animal. You know what I mean? Well, the world's different now versus then, but sure. But I'm saying like even by the time we were in high school, which was 20 yeah. years ago. Also, it's the first day of school, so that's even more fucked up. <laughs> Welcome to biology, everybody. You destroy this animal with a sharp knife. Nope. And now they just wouldn't even give kids, kids knives that sharp, right? Like, that's a terrible thing to do. It's like prison rules in school now. <laughs> right, yeah. I was going to say, that's more of like, I remember my mom telling me that they did that, like dissecting frogs. So I think maybe that's where it comes from, is that the writers are of the age that they did it, and they're, maybe they're retelling their kind of... That's a good point. Maybe we just missed it by 10 years, you know? Maybe it was more common. It could also just be something like, we all went to the same school. Our school may have just not did it. <laughs> like, other people... You, we didn't have the money for... For anything they weren't gonna like give us like dead frogs yeah but we had great tater tots though tater tots is one of those things though to me like mozzarella sticks it's like basically 99 percent of the world orders it from the same bulk company like oh yeah, yeah it's very tough to mess them up it's a lot of work to make it bad you have to like purposely fuck them up listen we can't afford frogs but here is selena for the 10th time oh man <laughs> i love selena so much i killed my best friend anything for <laughs> selena's and Joe, your best opportunity to talk about that was when we covered Rob, which if you guys want to go back and listen. And I was literally laying in bed in COVID thinking I was going to die in my Selena t-shirt being like, I'm missing every moment of this. My Selena t-shirt that I bought on clearance at the Walmart and was like, this is the best $5 ever. But um, before they get to doing the frog dissecting, we have this scene where, all right, everyone pick a lab partner. And you see like, you know, everyone kind of searching around and. Sabrina locks eyes with the guy she was looking at earlier, and it looks like, you know, that moment's about to happen until she's cut off by another girl named Libby. And Libby's uh, across the room at a different table and then yells over to this guy who we find out his name is Harvey, and she just shouts out, like, Harvey, I'll be your lab partner. And it just kind of ends there. Also weird to have a character who's be a teenage, like, love interest. In What's his last name? Like, Kinkle. Like, maybe we don't use the word kink in this guy's last name. I don't know. We could have called him Smith. That seems weird for a teenage thing. Kinkle? Well, it's depending on how perverted your mind is. Which I guess. we've established. Which we've established. <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome to this show. She's but, a witch. His name is Kinkle. Uh, I imagine things are going all What I thought was weirder about his name is that they are a suburb of Boston, or they're supposed to be anyways, and not everybody's calling this dude Javi. <laughs> hey, fucking Javi. Javi. What's up, dude? That was a great fucking pass the other day, Javi. Yeah, the fact that everybody in this high school wasn't a fucking nightmare from Boston is a bit of a non-realistic thing. Because they're clearly in the North Shore because they're not supposed to be Salem, but they're, I think, supposed to be yeah. like the town next door. They're definitely like eating roast beef sandwiches. Oh, for sure. I think to the older generation, it's still going to be like your clam chowders and stuff. But the roast beef sandwich is taking over a little bit as being a known thing in the North Shore Boston area. By who? It's becoming like a bigger thing that's talked about locally, which will which will become, you know, it will spread as time goes on. You just need one of those food shows to be like, when you're in Boston, make sure you go get a roast beef sandwich. But they're going to tell you to go to Kelly's. And Didn't be a Anthony whole thing. Bourdain do that? He went to Belle Isle Seafood, which is in our town. No, but didn't he also do a roast beef sandwich? I'm sure he's done. I'm sure like diners, drive-ins and dives have gone to some of these places. But I was working 
on a big job somewhere, and I was with a bunch of people who weren't from here, but we were in, uh, we were actually at the hotel that our friend's wedding was at recently, and uh, we were there for like two weeks, and we were trying to figure out lunch one day, and I said, you guys should get all, we should all get roast beef sandwiches if you've never had them, because they were all from different parts of the country, and they continued to eat roast beef sandwiches for the next three days, and holy shit, <laughs> one of them on the third day was like, I, uh, I need a nap. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe you've made it this far. These things are huge. Huge and full of gravy and cheese. Like, yeah, it's a tough meal. But uh, again, to go back to the episode, now we're getting to the time to actually dissect the frogs. And Sabrina's paired up with this girl named Jenny. This is the first time we're seeing her. Jenny sucks. Okay. Um, (laughs) Please elaborate. Why do you not like Jenny? Because I didn't like her stupid Brad Pitt joke. But you should like her because she was in a Canadian teen drama before this where her co-star was Will Sasso, which now I'm obsessed with finding and need to see every episode of. This is the first we meet this character, and I thought she was like, everything about her, just the way she spoke, and she gave, like, she's such a 90s character. She's the 90s She is very 90s, yeah. I feel like she just fell out of Saved by the Bell and then into this show. Yeah, like if, at one point she was like, Mick World, it could happen. You'd be like, yeah, that's just right. That's how it's weird works. because like you could also pluck the same character and put her in a like uh, my so-called life as well. You know, she also I know this is a few years later, but like Meadow Soprano's best friend in the first season of Sopranos is basically exactly this girl, like looks just like her ex, just like her radical. That's early 90s. She's telling her, oh, let's name him Tad, Tad Pole. The worst fucking joke. Yeah, tell me she doesn't suck. I mean, I mean that joke sucks. I mean, all of her jokes do suck. I just don't hate this woman for her. Yeah, reason, not based on yeah, suck. like a, a couple bad knock knock jokes. It would have made more sense to call him Tad Pool. I was thinking that actually. That makes yeah. That, that would have been a good play. I hate having to give this to you, but here we are. Jenny's telling Sabrina, like you know, because uh, Sabrina asked, uh, thanked her for being her lab partner. She's like, oh, no problem. Like I was the new kid last year, and Sabrina's like, oh, can I ask you a question? Do you ever feel like you don't fit in? She's like, yeah, all the time, but, you know, she said she researched it, and awkward people tend to be much more successful later in life. I I flagged that and was like, okay, so since we were all super awkward, and we now are later in life, do you guys feel really successful? Hey, we got a podcast now. (laughs) Um, No, I think that when you take our, like, us out of it, right, but when you look at some of the more, not famous, but, like, wealthy, like, entrepreneurial types, you do see a, a trend of, you know, those stranger people. You're called awkward and dorky when you're poor, and you're called eccentric when you're rich. There's a difference. Yeah, you got like the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses of the world who, without money, are the weirdest fucking people yeah. you'll ever meet. So there is yeah. some weight to that. Yeah, there, <laughs> Just, there's some uh, weight to that. Yeah, I mean, those guys are so weirdly awkward. I'm spitting truth here. Um, but also, too, let's also not gloss over the fact this is still the first fucking day of school. Like, we didn't time yeah. travel. The school sucks because they, they make them dissect the frog. On the second day, they give them a fucking pop quiz. It's like, goddamn, the school. Yeah, for us, the first day of school is always a half day. And it was like, here's a schedule. Here's your locker. Like, roam around for a bit and figure out where shit is. We'll figure this out later on. And it started on like a Thursday. So you do a short week and then you came back for a full week later. This seems like a lot to put on the plate of a student. Do we know for sure that it's not just her first day? No, it's all because oh, Mr. Poole introduces you. himself. God damn it. No, at the beginning, the teacher says summer's over. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, all right, all right. To say otherwise, Jay, fuck you for ruining every argument we have for the. I have five pages of notes. (laughs) 
I do too, and I hate that so much. Yeah, so while they're having the conversation, Mr. Poole walks up, and he goes, oh, look, girls, you've bored your frog to death. And hands <laughs> hands a scalpel uh, scalpel to Sabrina. <laughs> he says, all right, slice and dice. <laughs> like, ugh. I have my notes right here. This is starting to feel very safe by the bell. Yeah. The teacher scene really drives it home. You don't even know what the fuck you're cutting into. Well, it's a like, frog. You don't know how to dissect a frog. Like, it's first day of and school. And that's why you wouldn't do it on the first day of school. Yeah, you wouldn't just be like, here's it's not a fucking even that, scalpel. Though. It's the first thing he does. He doesn't teach anything. He just says, cut this frog open. He gives them their his name and then just says, cut this frog open. He doesn't get into anything. He also says, like, too, like, I'm not going to learn your names. He just is, like, very matter-of-fact about it. It's like, I'm this guy. I don't care who you are. Cut the frog. I would, this, this would have benefited from the teacher having a Boston accent. He's a little sadistic, I guess. Maybe he's just kid, so excited. Cut this frog, kid. Here's a scalpel. You bored your fucking frog to death. Now go, uh, go cut your frog. Slice and dice, dude. I don't think that would have translated to a broader, a broader audience. Is he played by Bill Burr now? I wish. I would love this show so much more if Bill Burr was in it for like half a second. Imagine <laughs> if, yeah, instead of him being like, oh, you bored your frog to death. You just see Bill Burr probably goes, cut your fucking frog open. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get a celebrity cameo later in the episode we have multiple actually oh, yeah we'll, and we'll get multiple. we'll get into it okay uh, yeah. there's at least three yeah at least three that i can think of i like how you only noticed the one in the middle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no i knew the other guy you didn't know who the other person was really we'll, we'll get in we'll get into it we'll get into it but they're like one person we'll get into mm. it later <laughs> on when we talk about that scene so you know as they're sitting there looking over this frog it's, uh, you know, they don't want to do it. And, and Sabrina's like, oh, I hate doing this. If only there was a way I could bring these frogs back to life. And she's pointing, uh, it, you know, it's you have to do it, right? There has to be a reason for it to point. But she's going, I think the heart's right around. And she's spinning her finger in the points. It says here, which as she was warned before, don't point at anything. It's a very natural way to point. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> and, uh, but when she points, you know, you see like the frog, there's like a little flash and like the frog gets like a, it was a quick kind of glow. It wasn't a lot to it. But um, next thing you know, Tad's alive. Pretty good CG for the time. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Which is funny because later on, that changes drastically because of the worst CGI in the world happens later on in this episode. It's the 90s. They're testing stuff. It's like, it's that time, though. There's there's a couple that are really good, a couple that are really bad, and you just... I didn't think it was CG. I think I thought they just let a frog jump off the table. Well, later on, there's legitimate CG. But uh, yeah, we see the frog jumping around. This, I will say, though, is bullshit because later on you find out where they're like, look, these are your powers. You can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But never once did they stop her from being like, oh, by the way, dead things? You can totally bring them back to life. That is not a power you should give a 16-year-old. Maybe that's just not humans. I don't, I don't know. That's some, she has some super godly powers. She's a very yeah, She can bring wish. things. I don't like doing it. It's not a pretty <laughs> picture. <laughs> I <laughs> but yeah no and she's very she's like how'd that happen when she sees that he's alive so she's not putting two and two together yet they jenny says it's frankenfrog frog did you think that was funny frankenfrog no because it should have been uh frankenfrog's monster duh the <laughs> Uh, Ferg, also I thought of you at this scene because i kept thinking in my head oh it's silence of the chickens in here <laughs> That scene closed out with Mr. Poole saying, oh, Mike from Cadaver Shack's going to hear from me. I'll say this. His lines are probably my favorite in the episode. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's, he's good. good. He good is energy. funny. It just feels of the time. 
And then all of a sudden they started playing Love Machine and he started dancing. Yeah. The next scene I thought felt very like of the time 90s. It was like all the girls getting ready in the bathroom and Sabrina walks in and it's like, oh, I'm just here to wash my hands, you know, the frog juice. And Libby just fucking hates her right off the bat, right? Like right from the beginning, probably because she was talking to Harvey. But like aggressively hates her. Yeah. Because he says to her like, you know, if, if you stink, I'm not sure it's fair to blame the frog. And it's like, you've never spoke to this girl in your life. That's the first thing you're saying to her is accusing her of stinking. It's natural for the upperclassmen to hate the freshmen. I guess that's not fair, but I guess that's true to how the world works. I mean, it shouldn't be natural, but it is. Yeah. It was just like very, like what an aggressive thing to say to this girl the first time you ever talk to her. As somebody who stinks all the time, I take offense. Yeah. Sabrina replies and says, well, at least I don't splash uh, aftershave on me to remind me of some boy who dumped me last summer. So she's also psychic. She can bring people back from the dead and she's psychic. She's so powerful. And like not to break because, you know, as we do, we try to stick it to this episode. But I had read like they wrote this and they never touched on that again. Like that element of power never came back. It, yeah, it's too much is probably why. Yeah, because she didn't even she's like, how did I know that? <laughs> you know, like she thought her incredible sense of smell told her. I mean, what else are you going to come up with? That's a good enough. That's good enough logic right there. If you don't know how you got it. Hurry, torture me while you certainly stink. And she's like, oh, I guess I have a good sense of smell. She goes to leave. She's like, I better, I better get going. Smell you later, which, all right. <laughs> Anything. that That's the most 90s line of the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, you're not mad about it, but you're like, Jesus Christ. Smell you later. <laughs> and Libby tells her, wait, don't come back here again. Like, you know, from now on, you have to use the freak bathroom. And she's kind of like pointing at her sarcastically. So Sabrina goes to mock Libby and how she was acting. Whatever. This was like a smarter way to get her to move her finger around, I guess. But in doing that, she's pointing at Libby, which makes Libby start to draw all over her face with her lipstick. No, I want to bring this up. Uh, this is probably no surprise to anybody who listens to this uh, podcast, but like we are five people who would have been relegated to the quote unquote freak bathroom in high school, but we didn't have that. No, there's not enough no. bathrooms for that. Every bathroom was trash though. So like, I mean, every bathroom yeah, no. was just like, people smoking and it was garbage or whatever and but, winthrop every bathroom was the freak bathroom right, but i was just always you see this so much in sitcoms or whatever it's like you've got to go to the fucking freak bathroom or whatever or like this is where the weirdos pee it's like it's not how this works in real life like nobody's in there that long no again there's not enough bathrooms in a school to like have one for each yeah, like what kind of campus do you have like is this like fucking google or mit or something where there's ten thousand bathrooms in there it's like oh third floor to the left that's where the weirdos pee it's like no that's not how this works like nobody gives a shit did you think that her drawing on her face with the lipstick went on a little too long to the yes. point where it got awkward all i kept thinking about is have you guys read uh tammy sitch sunny's book nope no nope. Oh, well you're missing out because there are some gems like the chapter where she talks about where Shawn Michaels liked to have sex with her over a sink in front of a mirror and then make her put her lipstick on the entire time so that by the end of it, she just had lipstick all over her face, which is all I could think of when she was putting the lipstick on because it got like all over. I was like, she's either like Heath Ledger's the Joker or like the weirdo drugged out Shawn Michaels sunny sex scene. Yeah, all I could think was was Steve Buscemi putting the lipstick on and Billy Madison. Listening <laughs> <laughs> to Telephone Line by ELO. The best I thought this had a very ever. like horror movie vibe the way it went on for so long. It, it, it did go too long. It's very mommy dearest, like mommy love me now, mommy love me now, sort of thing. This is when I I noticed for the first time is there's no like musical transitions from from scene to scene. It just goes to the next scene every time. There's a lot of that, yeah. 
and one thing I want to note too is Sabrina sees this happening and you see the shot of her like from the background looking through that mirror seeing Libby doing this to herself and I think this was maybe the first time she understood that she had powers although later on she still questions it but this is probably the first time she's realizing that her aunts might be right yeah there's like an understanding of it that might be a thing the following scene she's heading back home and she sees her aunts who she walks in the room they go surprise and Sabrina comments on it because it's like oh look a party sort of it's like like to call it a surprise party was like a <laughs> yeah. little much they should have had like the office it is your birthday sign in the background <laughs> like it was so low end it's just them in the dining room and they have a cake <laughs> and there's no one else invited yeah. so why yell surprise why not be like oh happy birthday hon we got you a cake it's funny at 16 you're like i wanted more but at 36 i'm like this is literally the speed every birthday i have now is just like oh we got you a cake We're like cool can we just like hang out i don't want to do anything or see anybody like i don't want a big party when she sits down they're like oh we have a present it's from your father and they hand her this giant book it's like oh an old book a black pot you know doesn't anyone shop at the gap anymore they mentioned the gap like nine fucking times 90s they keep mentioning the gap they and also like sabrina tangwich brought to you by big pineapple like this <laughs> if there wasn't pineapple money behind this episode i will eat my shirt this is a fucking weird thing the best fruit i mean i love pineapple but they go hard they just keep mentioning it like even there's scenes later on where like they're five scenes away from it and carolyn ray is just like we could have poi on a pig You're like okay fucking wheat we're past it just keep moving i don't trust big pineapple is what i'm saying but i'm just saying joe that uh you better get to eat in your shirt because i don't think big pineapple was behind this you better start looking like me buddy and yeah, in fairness, in fairness, Gorda's right. I don't know if there was a big um, play from you know Big Pineapple to fund the episode of Sabrina to drive That's up the pineapple. That's what Big stage. Pineapple wants you to think. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dole's just like <laughs> <laughs> two big those big rect, uh, big circular cans in their hands. Like yeah. the um the book that she's handed is called The Discovery of Magic. Why did he give me this? Because this is from her father, and she opens it up. There's like a like a big red bookmarker in there. It's a giant old book. She opens it up and then she's like, oh, this old magician looks just like my dad. And then the old magician in the book goes surprise. And it's like the effect is like it's the page is still. But now he is moving like the picture of him is moving uh, on the page. Like Harry Potter. I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Uh, yeah, but it's a decent effect for the time. It is. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah it's Harry Potter. Potter. But Gordo, I must say, not like Harry Potter, like Clarissa. This is first. That's true. Yeah. Harry Potter ripped off Clarissa. No, I will. I will. I mean, also, too, I mean, it would have been better if Hagrid just came down and went, you're a wizard, Sabrina. R.I.P. He says, like, this is your dad. You know, like, it's not like an effect, like, because she thought it was like, um, like a hologram. But he says, like, this is your dad. And she's like, wow, Hallmark's gone really high tech. So she still doesn't get it right at this point. Or is she just in denial? And I she's think just she's just in denial it? about it. Yeah, it's a lot to take it's in. It's easy to say she's in the but she's lived 16 years of her life where magic is fake. So it's like you're not going to instantly believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is all real. And you're a witch. <laughs> but now at this point, she's a frog has come back to life. She's saw the girl put lipstick all over her face. The book's talking to her. The book is talking to her. It's her father in the book. I mean, they can easily mistakenly give her a living frog, and some people are just crazy right on their face. So, you know, still possible things. 
I know that we're always looking for points to reference little Nikki, but when he's explaining where everybody is, all I kept thinking of is like, my dad's in hell and he's falling apart. Like, it's tough when parents <laughs> get older. <laughs> also, just real quick, this actor, a lot of people in this have been in a million things and done a million interesting things. Like the, uh, the writer of this or creator of this wrote for The Simpsons and The Critic and all this stuff. But this actor is like the best filmography of all time. If you're a crazy Seinfeld fan, He's uh, in a, an amazing Seinfeld episode, but he's the like second in uh, Rent-A-Cop, which is the Burt Reynolds Liza Minnelli movie from the late 80s that I fucking love so much, uh, which the end scene is they literally put a stick of dynamite in a guy's uh, motorcycle helmet and he runs around until his whole body explodes and it's fucking fantastic. So anybody out there listening should just you can look that scene up on YouTube. It rules. Oh. Yeah, so he's talking and he's explaining to her the situation a little bit. And because she thought he was at the Toronto Midway Motor Lodge. And he asks um, one of his sisters, like, hey, didn't you explain that she's a witch? And she's like, oh, not this again. And closes the book. It's like, um, again, I guess heavy denial at this point. I would have liked the book to go, ow. <laughs> yeah. My night thumb. Also, the dad here is the only person this entire episode who plays it like, He's swinging for the fences. Like, he plays it, like, serious and empathetic, where he's, like, now punky. Like, he's basically just, like, <laughs> punky. Our par- your parents aren't going to get back together, and you are a witch. And if you ever need me, I'm here. Like, he's, like, weirdly sweet, and the music changes a little. Like, his character is a very de- weird departure from the rest of the episode. So, at this point, Sabrina's, like, look, I-, I know you went through a lot of trouble to set up this joke. So, you know, haha, but, like, it's over now. And they're like, no, it's just the beginning. You're a witch. And uh, Haran Zelda's like, you know, with real magical powers, and now you're 16, you can use them. And like, and you wanted something from the gap. And I'm thinking. Again, the gap. Over and over again. Yes. But also, you could have got her an actual birthday present too. Like, all right, she's 16 and her powers are unlocked. And like, here's the book in the cauldron. But she's still a 16 year old girl. You could have got her like something from the gap here or some khakis or whatever. Yeah. Like just like a normal birthday present. Oh, you conjure up something from the gap that proved her. She's a fucking witch. You use your goddamn powers in front of her. You're like, Oh, here's one of those weird, uh, fleece jackets. that has no collar. Here you go. It's the gap in 1996. Enjoy yourself. And you're like, cool. This looks like a box. Thank you for making me fashionable. Sabrina's kind of like over all this. And the whole like this is my dad in a book like this is crazy like <laughs> so she runs up to her room uh we're also forgetting that the cat has a birthday hat on and this is where it's that's revealed. true i didn't i didn't mention i don't think i mentioned that before but uh, you brought it up at the perfect time because as she's about to run upstairs she's like come on salem and salem says can you wait till i finish my milk so now she's like did the cat just talk so this is this at this point now right there's no more denying right even though the book should have been the be-all, end-all, the talking cat has to be the, okay, I've accepted this. Also, anybody who's ever had a cat in their life knows you cannot keep a hat on them that long. They no. do not enjoy. Now, was he told not to talk until she was 16? Because <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I imagine he's talking to, well, she just moved there, though. It's probably, uh, like, he's probably aware, like, we're, we can't tell her until she's 16 that she's a witch, so. Because we also find out he is a witch, too. But he wouldn't listen. He's a rebel. The reason why he's a cat is because he's being punished for trying to take over the world. Maybe they make it even worse. Maybe, like, Which we can wait till we get to when we dissect his character. But I have some interesting thoughts on how he became a witch. You okay. you're secretly Hitler, don't you? I, no, my initial thought was that, but the years don't line up. So we can go other ways. But we'll get there. All right, okay. So she's like, oh, my God. And she just runs up the stairs because this is a lot. And they're like, you know, we better let our father handle this. And then go Ted. And then the book just like levitates and follows her up the stairs. 
and she turns around right before she gets in her room and she sees the book like just stay like levitating right behind her and she just lets out like that kind of you know big horror movie type scream and you hear her dad go sabrina open me up not open the door but open me up you know because you know it's a book or in a book take a look it's in a book my creepy father LeVar Burton's just like, hey, kids, open me up. I'm like, oh, the last season of Reading Rainbow that was canceled. I get he exists in this book, but he can't leave the book because he's not like he hasn't been like cast into the book like it's a punishment. Like, no, he's in another here. dimension. He says that. He said he's in another dimension. Yeah, but he can't just teleport or do some witch stuff to get. Right, there's not a linen there. closet he can come into. Yeah. Their powers seem to be of convenience. So it's like he can't go to a. Uh, Fuck, who are the weirdo the councils? I'm trying to think of the weirdo uh, tiger guys. Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. He can't go to Siegfried and Roy and the singer of Berlin to maybe, because I imagine that's what the other council looks like. <laughs> it's just Chris Angel. Oh, <laughs> Sabrina, you're 16. You're officially a mind freak. I'm like, uh, I'm going to kill myself. I'd rather not. Thank you. Uh, anyways. Sabrina is, she's dealing with this, right? She's like, I'm not going to talk to a book. And she's like, oh my God, I'm talking to a book. And she eventually, you know, grabs it and opens it up to the page her father's on. And she's saying like, you know, like none of this makes any sense. And he's trying to explain to her like the reality of the situation and like tell her, you know, you know, I understand, uh, but like you have to like, you're special. It's like, but I don't want to be special. I want to be normal. It's like, I, I understand, but like you can't be normal. She's like, I thought you were traveling in the foreign service. It's like, I am just, you know, a lot more foreign than you thought. The deep south. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, and is mom really digging for fossils in Peru? It's like, yes. And then she's like, well, I want to go live with her. And that's when he tells her that she can't because there's a rule that if you set your eyes on your mother in the next two years, she'll turn into a ball of wax. Another interesting line, too. It's just to discourage the mixing of, like, the races. Yeah, this is like a weird, like... I don't like when they mingle like a racism thing. It's very strange. <laughs> Again, Harry Potter touched on it. Muggles. Yeah. So they so Harry Potter drew a lot from Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. So J.K. Rowling just ripped everything off. Yeah. No, there's no like rule against it. The in 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 um the Harry Potter universe, it's just wizards think they're superior because they have magic. There's not like that you won't get turned into a wax person or anything like yeah. that. Now, is Sabrina's powers not as strong because she's like a demi-witch? I would imagine that it's probably more unwieldy. Usually in like other works, for some reason, mixing makes them stronger. But that's just like, oh, the strength of humanity. Like Harry Potter is mixed, right? I don't know, guys. I don't think mix is the right term to use anymore. (laughs) Well, I think that's actually how they phrased it in Harry. I think they actually used a Mud blood. That does not sound like something we could say out loud. It's called what? Bud mud? Mug blood. Because it's half muggle, so they have muggle blood in them. We drank the drug blood. (laughs) So, um, but the father says, you know, this was done because they discouraged mortal witch marriages as we're talking. So she's like, oh, so that's the reason you and mom got divorced. He's like, no. So you think maybe you guys. Yeah, it's like. It's like, no, nah, she's a real fucking bitch. <laughs> I love that he, he just can't help it. He like, um, it, you can just immediately see him like sneak the top of a Budweiser can up as he says it. It's like, now nah, your mom's the fucking bitch. <laughs> like, again, that's where the Boston accent comes from. You guys from. acknowledge he did not say that, right? You guys. Uh, <laughs> he I, I meant it. In my world, it did. I was going to say, you guys are willing it into existence, but he didn't say that. But she does ask. Oh, like, he, he implied it, sir. You well, can't. no. 
she said, do you think like maybe then you and mom could get back together? And he's like, no, that's another ship that sailed. Because she's a bitch. No, but he didn't say that. He said it with his eyes. I think it's one of those. It's weird though, right? Because she should be smart enough to know like, okay, oh, that's why you got divorced. No, it's not. Oh, so you can get back together. Well, no, clearly because I already just established that. No, there's another reason we got divorced. And before this closes up, he tells her, you know, if you ever need me, like I'm in the index. So the he will forever exist in this book for her when she needs him. I kind of hated that because like there was an 80s, I uh, forget who it was, a bell, maybe bell systems. It was like, if you need me, I'm in the book, right? Like that was like a yellow pages ad forever. Like that was like their motto. So I'd be like, if you need me, I'm in the index. He was like, oh, wait, what? Like you just missed this cultural reference and why would she be in the index? Like you have the bookmark that just, that was a weird line for me. I know that's a very specific weird thing, but like throughout, throughout the show, does she go back to the dad or is this like he was never fucking seen again? I looked it up cause I couldn't remember this. He's only in two episodes. Huh? <laughs> Interesting character to write off her dad, yeah, her dad. And I don't know. I don't remember if you meet her mom or not. Her, I didn't look her the up mom just shows up and gets turned into wax. <laughs> <laughs> her mom just rolls into the room as a giant ball. I still love you, honey. Don't leave her in the sun. <laughs> Next scene, she's going back down the stairs, and her two aunts are sitting there playing poker. Zelda accuses Hilda of cheating. She says, I'm not cheating, but she just made it known that she has five aces, which unless you have a specialty deck, which there aren't some that exist, by the way, where there's a fifth suit, which is usually stars, but um, I don't think that's what they're playing right now. That's real? Yeah. You can buy decks with five suits. I never heard of that. This whole scene just plays out like a salsa commercial from the same time where it's like five aces. Where did you learn how to play cards? New York City. <laughs> like You saw two women playing poker at the dining room table and you thought of uh, old El Paso salsa was the first thing that, that drew your brain to. Yes, it was. And then I imagine when they killed one of them, they say, what do you want in your tombstone? <laughs> and she went pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> you know how I eat and you, you are surprised. I don't like salsa. Yeah, but salsa usually goes at nachos, which are usually filled with meat. I do cheese. All right. Well, I'm surprised. It's interesting when you think about salsa as a fruit paste. Hmm. Because it's a tomato. Good point. Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Food <laughs> <laughs> uh, corner with us. So, Sabrina comes downstairs and she's talking to her aunts and she's like, okay, I talked to my dad and I've thought about it and I guess I believe I'm a witch. Like, what the fuck else did you need to happen at this point? Like, yeah, like enough has happened. Listen, man, she's an angsty teen, all right? I don't believe anything. She's not angsty until, but she becomes angsty, though. Like, it's a kind of a waste that they didn't get the licensing rights for, like, I don't care what song, but, like, some rock and roll song, right? Like, imagine if when she's mad at the end and she's like, I'm sick of this at the school and everything. If it was like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover. Like, why couldn't they just get the rights to one song? Oh, another fact they saw on IMDb is she's actually uh, in her 20s at this point. I already said that. She was 20 years old. I mean, to be fair, that's better than most, like, 80s horror movies we all love, where it's like... When they're, like, 30. <laughs> this is gonna be the best junior year trip ever. Be like, you're bald. What are you talking about? Like, you were Prom so night. old. You have a gray beard. You go back to, like, um, Dawson's Creek and James Vanderbeek. Looks yeah. Like or, like, the end of 90210 when all those people... Speaking of, dude, you're floating. Like, all those dudes <laughs> were in their 30s. You're like, this is just weird. And on that, I think it was, like, Today, for some reason, is a day I've noticed, like, the most grays in my beard out of nowhere. Oh, like, yeah. Where did, you weren't all there yesterday. What happened? I honestly feel like you guys all have beards, so you don't notice them as much. But, like, because I don't, I shave, like, once a week. When I hit that one, like, today was my one-week mark. You can really tell when they just start poking out from this nothing, you know? 
Like, cause you don't see it every day. Aren't used to seeing a beard. They just, one day they're just like, fooled you. Like, Oh my God, I have to shave. This looks so fucking bad. Her eyes. Now that she's acknowledged that she's a witch, are like, all right, let's, let's start doing some practice runs. So they grab an orange and they put it on a table and they're going to have her do a simple orange to apple spell. And she goes to do it and she points at the orange and it morphs into a pineapple. You know, one of her eyes is apple. like, you know, close enough. And, and Helda's like, no, it's not. But so she has the power to will a frog back to life by pointing at it and not even knowing what she's doing. But when it comes to turning a, you know, knowingly change the apple into an orange or vice versa, rather. Can conjure life. Yeah. Can't change fruit. That does not make sense. I think it has to do with like her like emotional state. Like she didn't care that much about turning an orange into an apple, but she really didn't want to cut open a frog. I mean, I guess so. And when she has some stuff later on too, it's clearly like an anger based power probably where like it, it heightens it. They do like that flash forward where you now see a room full of pineapples and Hilda's like making a smoothie. Um, So uh, apparently they were trying over and over and over again and she just kept turning it. This scene made me think of and it. I'm not trying to overanalyze here. Well, I guess I am actually. But well, let's do it. Overanalyze, bud. So they have all these powers, right? They have all these pineapples, but they broke out the juicer. Why not just be like juice, you know? Holy and now shit. you have like a bunch of juice, or you, you could just get of rid bitch. of the pineapples. You know <laughs> That's I mean? a lot like, of this stuff. Yeah. Also, why did they have that many oranges? <laughs> yeah. Was from when the last failed like, experiment. When you're talking about stuff like this witchcraft stuff, there's too many you have to throw holes, so yeah. much lo- logic away because they don't have to do anything. They can just use their magic to do every little thing at all times. Can you imagine how much money you'd save on food? Like if you went to the grocery store and just bought a bunch of like bruised fruit and like cheap things to get home, and you were like cheeseburger, chicken parm, steak and cheese. Like you just make <laughs> oh, shit into better food. For I'd be so dead cheap. inside a week. Okay, we'd all have like <laughs> cholesterol heart attacks. But like, well, he ate chicken parm till he died. You don't have to go to the supermarket for that. You could like just get a pile of leaves and turn them into chicken parm if that's the case. <laughs> then they're vegetarian. Why did she just not keep trying on the same fruit? Like when she turned the orange into a pineapple, why not try to turn that pineapple into a regular apple? It said they just kept starting over. Because then what the fuck is the prop department going to do with 50 pineapples? They need to use them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you don't get five minutes of pineapple jokes, which just were not needed. And then she's like, all right, one more try. And then she goes up to Salem and she's like, going to try to turn him into the pineapple. And he's like, okay, cool. it. That's enough for one night. What if she succeeded? Or even if she failed in turning, like if, if you just turn the cat into a pineapple. Now, I know this comes into play later. But like, didn't her brain go like, I might kill him? Right, like you might murder all of this cat, and that's not gonna be fun for <laughs> yeah. anybody. Because the aunts were there to turn him back if he if it did. Well, I mean, I guess she's young too, right? Like she's learning, and the aunts are there. They're like, "Why don't you go upstairs and you know get some sleep? You have school tomorrow." And she's like, "I'm a witch, and I still have to go to school." I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Unfair." And then she says, "Hey, maybe I'll turn Mister Pool into," and then you know gets cut off. And they tell her, you know, "Hey, be careful," and like, "Be careful what you point at." And she tells her Aunt Hilda, "Well, you're pointing at me right now." And she's like, well, I have the safety on. I thought there should have been a visual there. Like, you don't see anything on her finger. Just a sound effect, like a pew would have worked Yeah, like anything to make it known that there is a safety on her finger. Yeah. Well, I don't think there is actually a safety. I think she's just She's just being witty because that's her character. Right. But the joke of it, too, is she could have gone like, and like smoke could have come out of her finger. Yeah. Like, you do something. And then they have the, the next scene is just her asleep before school, but she's levitating again. But this time she wakes up to her. To the alarm and goes to shut it off and falls off of 
being levitated. It was a quick gag. I find this uncomfortable in the Northeast, right? Like, so it's it's August and you're like, I'm sleeping above the covers. You're like, that's fine. Probably comfortable. But it gets really cold here. Like, imagine it's February and you were like, I just went to sleep and I got all nestled and cuddly in my blankets. And I'm so happy I'm going to fall asleep. And then you wake up middle of the night floating in the air and no blankets. You'd be fucking freezing and you'd be miserable. I wake up freezing under the blankets. Year round, all I use is a light comforter and no sheets. Like, the sheets are under me. I always just have a light comforter over me and that's it. Year round? I don't like to be bundled up. No winter blanket. No, like, the comforter I have is, like, a good middle ground. I would rather regulate the temperature of my room than, like, extra bundle or... Like, I don't want a lot on me. Interesting. But I'll put the heat on in the room, so I don't... Well, sure, it doesn't yeah. matter, yeah. I like a thick blanket and to be totally covered, but then my feet sticking out, like a grandparent in Willy Wonka for some reason. I know she had to go to school, but I just really felt it was irresponsible to even send her to school on that first day without her having a grasp of her powers. Anything could have happened, yeah. Like, at first she didn't even believe that she was a witch. Like, now she kind of believes, so you can say, hey, don't point at people. But day one, she's like, well, I ha she has her powers and they let her go to school. Anything could, she could have fucking killed people. Just like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, Dgh. we've all seen like, you know, movies like Carrie, right? Like, yep. Unchecked power and then anger leads to bad stuff. From there, we get to the, um, the next scene where she's heading down in the morning to go to school hurry up you're going to be late she's like well can't i just turn back time and like oh no no you can't change time that's one of the rules share taught us that yes um <laughs> now i'm just thinking about the music video oh with her butt tattoo yeah with the fake the fake tattoos on her butt share also played a witch in a movie oh yeah and uh i said a movie because the name's escaping me right now the only movie I can think of with her off the top of my head is moonstruck which she does not it's it's post moonstruck and post mask the Witches of Eastwick. There it is. Yeah, Jack That's Wilson, right. thank you. She was in The Mask? Uh, no, The Good Mask. No, Mask, not The Mask. The good movie with called Mask. With Rocky Dennis. You don't like The Mask? Yeah, you don't think The Mask is a good movie? Oh, no, no, I love it. I just think the share version of The Mask is a better movie. And also, I found a sealed VHS copy of it like a month ago, and like, we hadn't seen this as a kid. We brought it home and watched it, and we were like, this is going to be really weird. We'll see what it's like, whatever. By the end of it, we're both just like, sure, just love that boy so much. Like, it emotionally crippled us. Do not watch that movie now. It is so depressing. You don't I promise you I won't be watching that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say though, Sam Elliott, hot as fuck in that movie. And Cher, also hot as fuck in that movie. Joe, you, I've known you over 30 years, and there's just so much about you that still confuses me. <laughs> like, oh, what? A sealed VHS copy of Mask? We need to go home and watch this. Best dollar I spent that day. It's, uh, it's a situation where she's walking with Jenny down the hallway, and Jenny does a knock-knock joke, and we talked about this earlier on. And it's uh, the knock-knock, who's there? Brad. Brad who? Brad Pitt. Is there any other Brad worth mentioning? <sighs> joke sucked. The joke did suck. Bad joke. Um, yeah. I don't think it was dated either. I think that joke sucks in any time period. And it's another quick scene like from there. We're seeing like, kind of her day flash by very quick. And I, Ferg, I know that was an issue you had. But um, the very next part was them finding out that they have a pop quiz. And that's just like a really brief moment. And then... And she gets Marsha Brady. Yeah, exact. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right in the forehead. Yeah. With what was probably the lightest football of all time, because she doesn't move, flinch, nothing. It just like hits her in the face, and well, like they're not going to throw a real football at her face. <laughs> but she didn't even react to it. Like <laughs> now, Melissa, we're going to really drill you with this football. Okay, be ready. <laughs> we got Troy Aikman. <laughs> I'm not saying like throw a legitimate football at her face, but 
she didn't even sell the thing. It just like grazed her face and she didn't even like move. This must have been before she was a wrestling fan. She didn't learn about selling. Right. She would have taken the bump. I wish they just did the Simpsons noise though, where it's like man getting hit and groin by football. Goes, Wang. <laughs> if it hit her in the face and went Wang. way funnier scene. The benefit of her being hit in the face was because later on they're in the cafeteria and she's sitting with her friend and they're about to eat. But then Harvey, the guy that she's had an eye on, walks over and asks if he could sit because he was the one who threw the football and he feels guilty about it. So that was uh, like the positive. It got them to finally really, you know, talk it, talk to one another. And she was thirsty and she's like, can I have Harvey's milk? <laughs> yeah. So um, Sabrina, she's doing like the thing. Are you she, happy you're getting the Gordo treatment now with your terrible jokes? You get dead zones. <laughs> it was honestly worth it just to see you guys' faces just drop with anger right there. Sabrina, very smitten by Harvey, right? So even though he just hit her in the face with a football, the first opportunity she has to talk to him, she's like, you have a really good arm. <laughs> like, she's like celebrating him for a job well done hitting her in the face with a like, football. And like shithead dude too immediately is just like, oh, thanks. Instead of being like, hey, fucko, why are you throwing a football in the middle of the hallway at nobody? One of the first things you're taught as a kid is no ball inside. And that kid broke that rule and hit the new girl in the face with a football. And he's just like, oh, thanks for liking my arm. Javi, dude, you hit the new girl. <laughs> yeah, I think he did it on purpose. He was trying to get her attention to strike up a conversation. But she happened to turn around, so she got it in the face. I like the idea that he's just like super into girls with like big broken noses. And she was like <laughs> fixed it with her powers. He's like, I don't find you attractive anymore. Uh, when they're talking, Sabrina's trying to introduce Harvey to Jenny. Like, oh, you know Jenny, right? It's like, oh, yeah, don't you live in the, uh, the house with the funny mailbox? I have so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what it looks like. We assume it's a pig, right? It's a pig. Yeah. She says to him, it's not our fault the people who lived there before us were actually named Mr. and Mrs. Hawk. So I was wondering, is it like a weird mailbox? <laughs> it's a big or dick. It... <laughs> it's either a pig or a giant pig. <laughs> no, but yeah. it, was it as simple as like, does it just say like the hogs and everyone finds it funny? It would have been enough for me. Or it is a pig mailbox. Or maybe it's a motorcycle. I'm th I think it's just a pig mailbox. It's probably a pig. Yeah, my assumption is it's a pig mailbox, and you open the curly tail is like the thing you open up. <laughs> so you shove letters in a pig's you shove ass. Asshole, yeah. <laughs> I've never had. I've never lived anywhere that has like the the conventional mailbox that's like staked into the ground. Like I've never had that. I made it a point we moved because I'm so just not. I can't handle that. That we looked at a few houses and any place that had that, I was like vetoed. I was like, dope. I don't trust that. What if I have packages? What if I don't trust? they're gonna bring them to the house or you know you could have just got rid of it and just put them like the like something in your front hall no no no. they if you have they won't come to yeah, your house yeah you have oh, to really? have them yeah, yeah. That, really? so you'll notice that like those if you ever notice uh if you're like in new hampshire or maine or anywhere this happens they actually have uh mail trucks and stuff or uh, like right hand English drive side drive yeah so you uh, right yeah. drive and it's so you can pass stuff in it's because that's if you live in a place like that, you drive up to the mailbox, you put stuff in from the car, and you that keep makes going. Sense. And as somebody who orders a lot of like records and fragile stuff, I was like, I'm not living anywhere that doesn't have like a physical mail route. That said, we haven't gotten mail in like three days. I can honestly say no, nobody in Maine wants what you're buying. The the mail carriers are like inundated with holiday Amazon shit already. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But uh, what I hate though is like, tell me that. Don't say like out for delivery. That's the yeah. nightmare of it. Because this is out yeah. for delivery. You're like, oh, yay, I'm excited. Just be like, hey, it's delayed. It'll come sometime this week. I don't care then. But tell me it's coming when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, ooh, something to look forward to. And it doesn't show up. That's that's depressing. As we're having this conversation, Libby walks up. 
And she's like, hey, Harvey, I'm having a party Saturday night. You'll be there, right? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything else. And then she's like, perfect. Everyone cool's coming. And like looks down at Sabrina to be like, you're not invited because you're not cool. And she's like, all right, well, that's all. And looks at um, Sabrina goes, smell you later. Because apparently the two of them are just going to be in a constant battle with accusing each other of stinking forever. To be fair, though, like that battle it's like hey lady you smell like a dead frog like yeah well you smell like a guy's nice cologne like there's such yeah. a weird dichotomy between those two smells or like one's an insult one's just kind of like okay so is harvey the guy that broke up with her in the past and why she puts cologne on i think we're to assume see i was i was assuming that but i wasn't sure i don't think i i didn't get that vibe because it sounds like she's pursuing him and not like they're yeah you like there's still a prospect of her getting him you know i'm with ferg i thought they like broke up but it wasn't that serious maybe they had like a summer love and happened so fast sort of scenario and now they're because she mentioned broke up during last summer yeah it was like a karate kid scenario where like johnny was going out with uh the chick that daniel went for Ooh. and broke up with important to note too that before libby leaves she intentionally drops her drink all over sabrina as she's standing over her and Sabrina said, like, hey, you did that on purpose. And Libby just goes, prove it, and goes to walk off. This was really bad acting. <laughs> this is very bad acting. And we're to assume, I guess, because it's 1996, it's a, bottle, it's a cup full of fruitopia, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> she, as she's walking away, Sabrina's like, don't you walk away. Like, I mean it. I'm not done talking to you. And she point, she's pointing at her when she does it. Now, as we know, because she's a witch, by pointing, this is going to cause some shit. And you get, like, a uh, mini, like, tornado is now happening inside of the cafeteria things are going crazy and then the kid behind her did you guys notice who said twister everybody hit the deck did you see who that was goldberg goldberg from the mighty ducks oh which is weird because it was like his only line and they just had him as like a background actor but i've seen him pop up in things he was also in heavyweights he was yeah, also in heavyweights. true yeah yeah i didn't think of that maybe that's where paul feig met him and he was like hey you gotta get this goldberg kid i don't know his real name so he's, he's fat be goldberg. <laughs> i feel like this is a favor it was like hey goldberg could you come here and hang out for a second like he was like on the set that day because i want to say heavyweights came out the year before this when I did mighty like- ducks come out Better question. 93, maybe? I was going to say 92, 93, yeah. Yeah, 92 or 93 for the first Heavyweights, I think, was 95, I think. He he would pop up in a lot of, like, one-offs and Disney stuff. I think he was in Boy Meets World for an episode and a few other things. I mean, everybody who's in this was in so much TV. Even uh, Salem the Cat, the character, is in a bunch of TJF TV shows where it's like, oh, there's an episode of Boy Meets World where Salem the Cat's there. We're like, that's not a good crossover. Like, Urkel can come over. That's fine. But, like, the talking cat can't just show up at school in a different TV show. That's that's not the same. Listen, it's that, Ar- it's that Archie universe where they can connect with anything. To clarify, too, the, um, yeah, Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. Heavyweights came out in 95. And then this is 96 when this one's coming out. Right, so we're right past it, yeah. Through all this tornado and chaos that's happening when she points, she turns Libby into a pineapple because that is the what happens every time she goes to use her magic apparently now. So she takes it back home and we see her two aunts sitting at the table who have just made um, a bunch of pineapple upside down cakes because of all the so pineapple. Much pineapple. You know what's funny? I don't know if I've ever had pineapple upside down cake. I don't think I have either. It's not good. That's why. <laughs> Really? I, I I didn't start liking pineapple until like my mid-20s. I thought it was gross when I was younger, so. It's my favorite fruit by a mile. I love it singularly. I always hated when it was, I, I'm a huge 
proponent of ham. I fucking love ham so much. I do not like people with pineapple on ham, but I love ham separately and pineapple separately. Oh, that always made sense. I don't like eat them together, but they're always cooked with like pineapple rings. I never liked it cooked with it. It makes the ham sweet all of a sudden. Ham shouldn't be sweet. And the pineapple salty. I feel like it should be. It's usually like, it usually has like a sweet glaze. Oh, I don't like the glaze. I like just standard ham and then you put so much mustard on it. Like boiled ham? No. No, you don't boil it. You bake it. Or grill it. Man, what's wrong with you? I like ham and mustard too, Joe. Don't let them. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Yeah. Mustard and ham is a very classic combination. No, it is. I'm not denying that it is, but like but like a honey-baked ham, like that's not like yeah. a thing for you? Like that's not enjoyable? I don't, like the glaze. I don't like things that are too sweet. I do like those, though. Those are good. Now, some, as, as her aunts are eating their four pineapple upside-down cakes, she walks in with another pineapple, which is Libby. And she says how she hates being a witch. She just turned the most popular girl in school into a pineapple. <laughs> she's uh, Hilda's like, why? She's like, because it's the only thing you taught me how to do. Uh, again, she's used her powers before. So, like, and usually when it's out of anger, like, you think something would have happened differently. But regardless, they're like, oh, we can fix this. Because apparently she doesn't know how to, um, like, close her spells. Or reverse them. Yeah. But Hilda um, takes the pineapple and she's going to the cutting board and she's like, chunks of rings i'm like whoa 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 whoa! this is like it this is still like to our brains as we're watching this this is a girl that's like this pineapple right they're just like willing to be like we don't care yeah but she was mean in high school <laughs> to be fair in classic literature witches eat children that i guess that's true yeah, that's fair yeah even in hocus pocus they trap the two goon the three goons to eat no they want to eat their souls doesn't matter what they want to eat they're eating that kid zelda stops her from cutting up the pineapple and says there's other ways and again like i said um sabrina doesn't know how to seal her spells yet so she she grabs the pineapple puts it on the table and does the spell the popular girl is not a fruit it's like that's the best you could come up with like for the writers that was the best line you could figure this out for i feel like that would have worked if it was two lines i feel like it would have worked if They've established that certain things had to be said for every spell, where every other one is just you point. Now suddenly, yeah. this has words. But at least these things, if they're like, if they were like, you know, character actor Neil Pruitt, the girl's not a fruit. Like it's the succession of things where you chant where it makes it work more. Like if you like make a thing, you're like, I don't know. I definitely hate what you just came up with more now. So <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. Um. You know what I'm saying though? Like it's, it's if you do two lines and one rhyme ends, like that's what they always do in movies where that's how you make a spell. Yeah, but just speak some like fake fucking witch gibberish, you know, like you know, Kalamazoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have Newt. She's not a fruit. That's it. That's the fucking right. I have Newt. She's not a fruit. Boom. The popular girl is not a fruit. It's just a little. Can you edit specific. out the other bad one? I said. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's the trailer. So now Libby turns back into a person, and you know she's like, "What am I doing in your house?" It's really like you came over for a visit. She's like, "That is not something I would do." Fair. And she's like, you sent me somewhere. It was somewhere small and it smelled like Hawaii. All right. A little corny, but whatever. For this. It's corny too because like, I mean, like maybe she's been to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, but I smell pineapple all the time. I'm never like, this smells like Hawaii. I guess like if you ask me like, what do you think Hawaii smells like? I guess Coconuts. Like, yeah. I'll probably go Pineapple. Coconut. And Samoans. Or like <laughs> Samoans. Samoans. What do they smell like? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the, Samoa. Samoans are in Samoa. <laughs> American Samoa is a different place. Far, yeah. And there are a lot of Samoans in Hawaii. Yeah, it was just that's true. Fine. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, where do you find Bostonians? Well, in Vermont, obviously. I am once again asking you to watch the S1E1 podcast. 
Sabrina apologizes. She says, I'm sorry, I didn't. And she goes, no, 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 not as sorry as you will be. You're an even bigger freak than I thought. And now the whole school's going to know it. And she leaves. And Hilda's like, see, my way, she'd be on a toothpick. It's like, okay, again, relax. Why didn't why didn't the two established witches erase her memory? I thought the same thing. Like that was definitely gonna be possible. Like hit her with like the witch version of the flashy thing. Easier move. Put the girl back, blank all the memories, start over. But like you said, Ferg, it's a it's all just, you know, they're all plot devices for convenience in the episode. Yeah. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. It's a lot of take it with a grain of salt. It's like a because the show's meant for a younger audience too so like you know even though our job is to deep dive and really dissect it's not not how shows like this are supposed to be consumed it just bothers me how they don't use their magic very often <laughs> they could like they're like established 500 witches and they just don't use magic which is crazy so now that she's gone sabrina's trying to ask her aunts if there's like a way to turn back time because like if I could turn back time again with like, that song, but uh, she asked if, if like, I could you know, find okay. A way. So her aunts let her know, like, there is technically a way that you could turn back time, but it's through the witches' council because one witch alone isn't strong enough to do it. It has to be like a collective thing. It's like a union thing. They said it's a weird union joke. Yeah, it was weird because like it had that pause, like it was supposed to be like absorb this. This is a big joke. And she's like, well, how do I get to this witch's council? And it's like, it's 10 million light years away, but there's also a shortcut through our linen closet. And so they head upstairs and they're in front of the closet and her aunt Zelda's saying, you know, the head of the council is named Drell. He's mean, pig-headed. Hilda says, and we used to date. I haven't seen him in centuries. Question has, how, I know she hasn't lived there long. How, did they ever say how long Sabrina's been there at this point? I don't think they, they ever mentioned no. that now. We're to assume, I think, that she just moved in there over the summer. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's long. I'm not under the impression it's been very long. I'm just asking because I, I think it's weird that she's never been in the linen closet and accidentally been transported to this random other dimension. Well, it wouldn't have worked until she's a witch, I don't think. That's true. She doesn't have any powers yet. That's so a way to do it, yeah. yeah. Doesn't she have to go deep into the linen closet, though? That's true, too, yeah. It, it's And again... The deep linen. But uh um, tell her like come deep in the closet. And we find out that Hilda and him not only dated, but they were engaged that Drell left Hilda at the altar. And And their altar was the Parthenon? Yes. Yeah, it was an expensive wedding. So they're talking because Hilda's like, I, I can't ever go in there because Sabrina wanted her aunts to go with her and Hilda's like, No, but because of Drell and Zelda said no because they'll respect you more if you go alone. So they give her, you know, the instructions of how to get there and she goes off and you get like that little flash and kind of lightning sound when she goes in there and that takes her into, you know, this new world. What's it called again? Already I'm forgetting. Like, wh where are they? The Witches Council. Just at the Witches Council. They didn't say anything specific. Yeah, I don't think they explain like where that exists or like what plane no. they're on. No. So now she goes through the door and she's at the Witches Council, which is kind of like this kind of big empty outside area right with this like desk and the three of them the three witches in the council sitting there i love eternally still being a fucking office job like yeah. these things always make me so bummed out where it's like this is where you are for eternally and you're still at a desk like did oh anybody no, else please? notice that um this part specifically the set was dressed like a fucking high school play like it was so yeah. poorly done there was nothing to this. It was like a blue backdrop and a door and a table. Like it was so like lazy. I didn't like it at all. Well, I think they must have spent the money for this scene on the three actors though. Yeah, that's true too. But I mean like this is your first, you know, they, they've talked about this realm. It's t millions of light years away. It's this magical place and it's just a fucking room with a table in it. And like, and it's not 
like the ironic version of that either. Like it's just the shitty, lazy version of it. And it really, it agitated me. I would have preferred just a black void, if anything. It's the end of time. It's space. Anything rift. but it's what they all did. darkness. Right. With them in there. Like, but I, I agree. It looked bad. Not they went to a home goods and found sheets that were cloud patterned and they were like, ah, put them up. So Gordon, I think it was you who didn't notice earlier. So we have the three witches in the council. Who did you recognize? Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. You didn't get the woman? Yeah, the female no. to the left. You don't know who it is? The female's the most famous of them all. No, because I think they did her makeup really well. I didn't really get a good glimpse of her. And Joe's got a I was gonna say, Joe, Joe's going to pull out a cassette. You got it? Okay. It's Debbie Harry? Yeah. Yes. Really? Debbie yeah. Harry, which uh, oddly enough, I don't know if you guys noticed, is credited as Deborah Harry. Probably because that's her full name. Debbie yeah, is but a nickname. Usually, like, she's mainly ref- She's mainly credited as Deborah. Oh, in like acting roles, usually. Yeah, goes- when she's credited, it's usually Deborah, and she just sort of like shorthand takes it as Debbie. Yeah, you know? that's weird. Cause like you know, like if I was, I'm a weird example, but like if you, if they put you in a movie, right, you're probably gonna use Mike instead of Michael. Yeah, I think everybody here would go by their shorthand. And where she's name. already famously known as Debbie, like it's weird to just use Deborah. Right. My assumption too, at this point too, is probably part of it has to that sort of stuff probably has to do with SAG. Yeah, but what about Penn and Teller? Well, that's what they, they're listed as Penn and Teller. Like, that's their name. Like, I imagine. Well, it's Penn Gillette, and I can't remember Teller's full name. Penn Gillette. I know Penn Gillette, but what's Teller's? Fortune Teller. Fortune and Fortune Teller. <laughs> no, I mean, granted, too, when they're on stage, they, that's their stage name. I would imagine that, like, a union can be like, okay, Gordo is my full name. You can credit is, is whatever you want. As long as your check's right and your union right, card yeah, is whatever. Union dues, whatever. They can call you whatever, yeah. Uh, I would also say, too, though, probably for Deborah, Debbie Harry, Deborah Harry at this point, it's the 90s. It's 20 years or 30 years past Blondie. You're, like, trying to be more serious. Maybe as you get older, you don't be the, I don't be Joey anymore. I don't be Joe, right? I don't be Debbie anymore. Yeah, be it could be something like that. Probably that. R- Raymond Joseph Teller. Oh. Raymond. Raymond. By the way, they also pop up in a lot of sitcoms. Drew Carey, which I'm sure will cover. Penn and Teller? the two lawyers. We'll see them yeah. a bunch. Yeah, they always pop up because they're the best. I love Penn and Teller. I also love Debbie Harry. There's a little thing right off the bat where there, there's a candle on the table that's like wilting. And she uh, she asked Penn if he fed the candle yet. <laughs> and he like feeds it like a little piece of paper and it perks the, the candle up. It was like Flash a weird. Paper. Yeah, it was a weird little goof that they did. It was it was fine, but it odd. Hit. <laughs> but it's like uh, it's one of those things where like as a wrestling fan, I loved it because right. That's like classic old school wrestling where you throw a fireball. That's what you do. You throw the flash paper at people. So I was like, oh, this is like Jerry Lawler. I don't think that was a reference they were going for. <laughs> well, probably not with a no. teenage girl on the show. They ask if she has an appointment, and she's like, no, I don't have an appointment, but I brought a washcloth, and then Teller's character takes it and just starts eating it. And when he eats it, it sort of looks like a ravioli, to a point where I was like, I want raviolis now. Like, it was, like, oddly appetizing. Looks like Wonder Bread. I don't know. With this joke, I feel like there was a scene earlier that was cut. (laughs) We'll explain it because it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think they just thought it was funny in the moment, and they didn't really think much of the logistics behind it but i will say i wanted to know what the like significant I mean, outside of our episode i wonder what the significant like sort of lift of this group was so i asked kelsey who's a couple years younger than me right because i was like did you watch sabrina She's like yeah i was like i didn't really watch it past second season do you remember this and she immediately was like i do yeah yeah Penn and teller right like so this 
must have happened a bunch throughout the course of the series that I don't remember. It's like, I don't know if they like leaned on this often or whatever, but this seems to be something they like went to over and over again. The witches council thing. Yeah. Well, it can't be like often because they're guest stars. So I imagine like whenever they come around. Right. I just don't know if it's like every season or twice a season, but like apparently enough that people remember them as these characters. It wasn't just like a throwaway pilot thing. Good to know. What do you think it would be if they did this show now? Who instead of Penn and Teller? That's or? amazing. I say probably still Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, be Penn, Penn and, and Teller. Teller and fuck, who knows? I, I, I can't say because I don't know who these people are. I'd be like, oh, who's the girl who did James Bond song who's like a teenager? Billie Eilish? Yeah, Billie Eilish, I guess. That's my best guess. I don't know who people are anymore. Kanye West and Billie Eilish. I was thinking other magicians, but okay. Well, there are no famous other magicians now. Aside well, from no, and also like, it would be like David, David, it would be like David Blaine and Chris Angel and. I mean, if they did David Blaine, Gwen Stefani, I guess would be a good, Gwen, uh, good Debbie Harry surrogate. You're comparing them though. Like when you say like Billie Eilish and, and Kanye, like at the, you're saying like in 96, like no one was more famous than Debbie Harry and Penn and Teller. <laughs> Like, that's not the level of celebrity that we're comparing. Well, that's why I backed down to Gwen Stefani. You know what it would be like, the the logical thing, was you would have had, like, the, um, whoever the celebrity hosts of, like, a show on that network, like American Idol or America's Got Talent, they would just use, like, three of those people, like, and put them at the podium together. That would be, like, Nick Lachey and, yeah, just, like, like, Simon Cowell. Yeah. Who was on a Netflix show this year who has a SAG card they need to renew? And I said if they did this show now, which they technically just did do this show now. Did when they? they did that uh what's it called? The chilling adventures of Sabrina or whatever it, it was. It was like called. a drama though, wasn't but it? But this was yeah, this was in the Riverdale universe spinoff. Oh, I didn't know. But um it was very different tonally. I watched some of it, but I would watch Anna Nicole, the middle aged witch. Go ahead, say it. On my cold dead body. <laughs> just had to get Yeah, so um you. yeah, let's get right back into this. And so what's going on is she has to give her a request and they, she says like, all right, my name's Sabrina. I'm 16 and I'd like to turn back time. And Drell immediately is like denied. It is so hard to hear that and not sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> to just bite my fist. Denied? No. If I <laughs> turn back. Oh, time. I was, all right. I was going to say, you guys have done it twice. So now he's like, all right, time to move on. And she's like staring up and down. She doesn't know what to do. And he goes, are you staring at my mole? And I'll tell you, it wasn't until later when he addresses it. The whole time, I'm like, where's the mole? Like, I'm looking at his face. I'm like, what mole? They shoot it poorly. You don't see it until way later. I thought they were talking about he was holding a mole. That is what it is. They were. But you were supposed to think he has a mole. But you don't see it until way later. Like, the way it's shot, you can't tell what he's talking about. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, because before she even gets there, her her aunt's like, Warner, like, don't stare at his mole. I did not get that. Yeah, until it's right too now. subtle. Like it's honestly yeah. too subtle because it takes until the, the very whole end to get time it. or something. Like, yeah, they really. And then he's like holding it later, but like you're like, is this like a weird like I don't know like I don't even know what I thought it was in the moment. It and took when me, he, like, when, when he is holding it later, it's just a pile of fabric. It's not even like a fake mole. Cassandra says like, all right, let's let's humor her. Cassandra was uh, Debbie Harry's character, and like okay, and they're giving Sabrina an opportunity to explain why she wants to turn back time. And she's given the whole story about, you know, the school and fitting in and everything. And Drawl's like, all right, let's speed this up. And then he, like, waves his finger. And now she's speaking in, like, you know, fast motion. And, you know, until she gets to the end of the story and then slows it back down. She leaves the important part out. Now she knows this girl knows witches exist. You should do it so we're not exposed. Yeah, you got to angle this in a way that they're going to go, like, okay, maybe we should help you. She's a kid. 
This is like day two of powers. Yeah. So what happens is they say, okay, well, we're going to think about this and we will give you, you know, our answer in the next couple of days. And then she walks off and we get like another quick drill talking to his mole. It's like, he says like, you love me, don't you? Huh, Moly? So the, uh, the mole's name is Moly. So, I mean, they, they're trying to. Moly, 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 Moly. The whole time. It's like, why isn't there a mole on his face? That's like what it was supposed to be. I, it was like the script got written and then like the director didn't get it. And he's like, oh, that's weird. We need to get I just a think mole. it's somebody thinking it's funny and it's it's gonna land funny and it doesn't. So like then you're sort of sitting there in it and it just doesn't work. They should have they should have had it on his face, but like huge. And then like after he takes it off and starts patting it, and you see it's an actual mole. That would have been funnier, yeah. Maybe it was Penn's idea. I don't know. I mean, who knows? But um, somebody should tell her. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the conclusion of that scene. Next off, we get Sabrina like just laying in bed talking to Salem, who's like on some sort of a weird end table thing. She says, you know, Salem, do you think that the council is going to grant me the time reversal? He's like, I'm the wrong witch to ask. They weren't very lenient to me. You know, sentenced to 100 years as a cat. And then we find out that he dreamed of world domination. <laughs> and that's, um, that's what he did to get into this position where he's like, you know, banished into a, you know, a cat's form. Now, earlier, Ferg was like, oh, you say he's Hitler? And I was like, no, of course not. But he's obviously in relation to a character like that. But you do find out that he is in year 25 of his 100-year sentence. That was established in the I didn't catch that. It's not established in the sentence, but it's established in the lore. I had to look this up because I was like, when did this start, right? Because now I want to know. So that means he would have been turned into a cat in 1971, which means he was either like a crazy hippie or like a Charles Manson hippie, or he was like a crazy right-wing Nixonite and tried to take over the world. And I love the idea of like any of those as a spinoff. Like, I don't think that's going to be the Riverdale spinoff that we get, but I want like the crazy Charles Manson, like his name is Salem and he's like, Listen, man, the cops are all pigs, man. <laughs> like that, like coming next on the WB. Like they'll never do it. And fuck you, you cowards at the WB. Make it happen. And yeah, make better TV. I agree. Uh, we say it all the time. We should be writing for this. Do you guys all want to write the <laughs> Charles Manson nope. Archie spinoff? Because I do. Ferg seems like he's <laughs> in with amazing. me. All right, Ferg, we got this. <laughs> uh, the conversation between Sabrina and Salem go on for a little bit longer, and he's kind of talking about how much it kind of sucks to be in this situation now. She's like, come on, it's not that bad. Like, you take 5,000 naps a day. And he's like, yeah, but I can't go dancing. I can't play squash. And that the only time he feels alive is uh, when he hears the sound of a can opener, which is, you know, uh, what, two at a time? Is that what that, is that why he's, he's excited? Or chicken and giblets, you know, depends on It's just on a the, play you know. of, like, feeding a cat or uh, any pet. And then she's like, Salem, do you want your rubber mouse? He just paused and goes, please. Hey, at least I can lick my own balls now. I wish that we had the darkness of his character being like, the only time I'm happy is the can. Like you said, or like licking my own balls. Like that's what you need. <laughs> or like when they leave a glass of whiskey on the table, like he should be darker because every joke he makes is kind of dark. It was, you can't shoot, you can't shoot that far on a pilot. <laughs> Maybe later down the line, he becomes more like dark. So in the next scene, um, we have Sabrina with her two aunts and they're sitting in the like dining room area and they're waiting for like to see if there's any word from the witch's council. And no sooner do they say that, a letter pops out of the toaster. I don't like the toaster letter thing. That's weird. No, nah, it was weird. It was like, I don't know. Very get smart. Cheap. Just cheap gag. So she grabs it and she reads it. And um, as she's looking at it, you hear Drell's voice to say, request denied, you know, and ha ha. <laughs> I like his character. He's such a dick. 
And it was like, oh, you know, the aunts are sympathetic. And she's like, you know, it's fine. Like, every school needs a weird kid, right? So I guess I'm just going to have to deal with that. And, you know, because um, she, at first, like, didn't want to go back to school ever again, but was told that she had to toughen up. So that that was her coming to terms with it, was the idea that, all right, I'm just going to be the, you know, the weird kid now. I like that, though. Is it Zelda that basically it's tough love? Like, that gives it, the, like, toughen up. Go yeah, to- Zelda's like the tough yeah. one. Whereas Kellen Ray is the kind of, like, sarcastic and sexual aunt. I respect that. And then as she's, like, leaving to go to school, Hilda's, like, yelling after, like, I was the weird kid, too. And, then, and when she leaves, Zelda's like, they don't tar and feather anyone anymore, do they? Like, I hated that. And Hilda's like, you know whose fault this is? It's that jerk Drells. Zelda's like, you know, I bet you could probably convince him to change his mind. And Hilda obviously doesn't want to talk to him. She already established, you know, that's her ex-fiance or whatever. Zelda tells her to toughen up. Hilda's like, you know what? Fine. It's payback time. And runs up the stairs and she storms in the closet and you see the switch over like the whole, like the light and lightning thing that happens when um, someone goes into that closet and you don't see the shot itself. You just hear Drell like off the camera go, Hilda, what are you doing up here? And then get your hands off my mole. <laughs> um, they're really into this mole thing. They really ride the mole joke into the ground to a point where it's really not funny. Yeah, it just because it, it wasn't like it was never funny, and then but they kept going back to it as if it was the equivalent of like Vince a McMahon Gordo joke. Or something's funny. <laughs> yeah, a <all> Gordo joke. <laughs> and, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Where the monster today? Uh, yeah. So following that, we cut back into the school, and you see Sabrina and Jenny walking down the hallway, and as they're walking. Jenny's like, hey, I've got a knock-knock joke. So Sabrina's like, who's there? Jenny says, Brad. Sabrina's like, yeah, Brad Pitt. Like, you told me this joke yesterday. Like, no, I didn't. I just heard it on the bus. So I like that this joke is being passed around. <laughs> like, she heard it on the bus. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, somebody telling you this terrible joke a second time, too, where, like, you wouldn't be like, I already heard this. You'd be like, this fucking joke sucks. This Brad Pitt joke is awful. Stop it. Tell me something else. But uh, Sabrina realizes, like, oh, shit. Like, now she knows what's going on. Like, we went back a day. Like, I, I get to redo the day. I just want to say she catches on way too fast where she wouldn't catch up on magic after a thousand things happen. But she has one joke a second time. She goes, oh, they must have changed their mind. Yeah. She points at a frog, goes back to life, and she's like, what is happening? And someone's like, <laughs> knock, knock, Brad Pitt. And she's like, oh, we did it. Now that she's fully aware of this world, though, I guess you're going to be a little more open to it I when guess. things are out of the ordinary. And then, like, from there, you get, like, the whole redoing of the entire day. So now the pop quiz she got, she suddenly aced because she's ready for the pop quiz. And when the football goes to fly at her, she turns around right in time to catch it, which gets a little bit of, like, a cheer from some of the other students that are nearby. Like, like anyone would have noticed that happening. It would have been one nerdy dude going, good one, and, like, walked by. Like, that's how, like, a movie would have worked. Hey, way to catch the slow-moving football. I gotta, I gotta point this out because I've noticed it in the last few episodes. Joe, ever since we did According to Jim and you copied him going, cool, <laughs> do you've, do done, you've done that every episode you've been in since. Oh no, you're becoming Jim Belushi. <laughs> you're Belushi now. All it took was Jim Belushi going, cool. So Joe, you're becoming a macho everyman? I'm a macho everyman who once starred in Thief and, uh, I mean, his toga, toga 2000. That's all I have to say to that. So, uh, yeah, so now we're, we're like into this day that she's redoing. So 
Now that she's caught the football, the conversation in the cafeteria with Harvey changes. He still asks to sit down with her, but instead of apologizing for hitting her in the face, it's, hey, good catch. And, you know, they're kind of rehaving the same conversation where she introduces her to Jenny. And when he goes to ask about the mailbox before they continue the conversation, Sabrina stops it real fast to go, hey, um, before we get into that, I, if you're not doing anything Saturday night, would you like to come and see a movie with Jenny and me? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. That'd, that'd, be, that'd be fun. Any thoughts on what movies are playing in the fall of 96, by the way? Because it's amazing. Nope, not at all. Um, Everything I, I guess know. about one movie, at least. Face off. Deep Impact. Was 96 Independence Day? 96 was Independence Day, and it probably was still playing because it was summer. Yeah. Ooh, fe- Fear. Oh, was Mark and Mark and Fear do you playing? Just to go through some of the big movies, and we'll just assume all of them are playing. Twister. Because they're probably a secondary market, right? Happy Gilmore. Bottle Rocket. That Thing You Do. Fargo. The fuck is Bottle Rocket? It's the first Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson movie. You've probably seen it. He's playing Comedy Central all the time. I can understand you not seeing that movie, but the fact that you've never heard of Bottle Rocket's kind of crazy, actually. Eraser. Eraser. Oh, shit. Kingpin. Phenomenon. Ferg. The Frighteners. Nice. I love the Frighteners. Matilda. Oh, Matilda. Jack with Robin Williams. Jack. Which is a great one. Escape from L.A. Oh, with Fran Drescher? Uh, I think I said that thing you do in Thinner. I can't remember now, but those two were fucking amazing. Found the chickens out here. Uh, and we end on Jingle All the Way. Like, 1986 was an amazing movie. Oh, here. with Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi is in it. And the Andre, and not Andre, I'm sorry, The Giant. I love the idea of them all just going to see Fargo. Like, that's the movie. <laughs> and also, weirdly, opening on Christmas Day, 1996, The People versus Larry Flint, which I think is, like, the most Great amazing movie. It's Christmas movie of all time. By her asking him to go to the movies, that's what's blocking the part where Libby walks up, because if you remember the first time this happened, she walks up and invites him to a party at her house that day that all the cool kids were going to go to. So when she asks, he's like, oh, sorry, I just made plans. Now, Sabrina looks at Libby and goes, oh, bubble burst. I bet you wanted everyone cool to come. Her instant reaction is like, oh, I'm going to pour the drink on her again. <laughs> like, it's just, um, but Sabrina knows that it's going to happen and spins the drink and it just like sprays at her face. Yeah, like Nickelodeon explodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very Nickelodeon explosion. It's a reverse Alex Mack. And you get like all those like laughing shots of everybody who just witnessed it. Now that things went much better for her on her redo of the day, she's running back home to talk to her aunts and who are in the dining room where they always are. It's like, oh, you know, she's saying, I love being a witch. And then she's like, I don't know what made the council change their minds, but I got to do the whole day over again. And now the teachers think I'm smart and the jocks think I'm cool. And I'm going to the movies with Harvey and Jenny Saturday. Jenny's just going to cock block him. But I like she goes like, woohoo, I'm normal. I got to go tell the cat. <laughs> Obviously, that's not very normal. I don't know. I tell my cat a lot of things. Yeah, I tell my cat a lot, actually. I'm home alone with the cat all day long. Yeah, but neither of you are normal, so it's still fits. Yeah, far from. <laughs> I'm like, Telly, I love you, Jenny. What are you talking about, Jenny? We just do Forrest Gap all the time. That's how you talk to your cat? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally normal. He ignores the fuck out of me. So Sabrina runs up and grabs Salem and... Says I, you know, I don't play squash, but how about a dance? And then just kind of gets into like this little quick dance where she's running around with the cat. In this point, I'm, they're using a real cat for this scene. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, they only cut to the fake cat when they do like the Salem talking. So there's the, there was always two animatronic cats. There was three live cats, and I believe two stuffed cats for violet stuff. <laughs> <laughs> did you find out about that from? Did you get a text from Cat Facts? I. <laughs> 
can't <laughs> <laughs> <His> fucking neck. <laughs> no, I actually got that. Wow, I completely forgot about that. Um, for for the you know, I know this episode's gone long enough, but Nick, do you want to just explain cat facts real quick? I can't even remember the ethos of it. Um, Reddit was it Reddit? Yeah, yeah it, was like a, it was like a Reddit prank. We basically we spoofed a phone number and through like Google at the time would like allow you to like have a separate phone number, and we picked people and spammed them facts about cats. And with like the ending of, you know, text stop to stop receiving cat facts or whatever. But you would just keep doing it even if and people would lose their fucking minds because they were just getting spammed with cat facts against Because it's not an automated service. It's you, in fact, sending the text. <laughs> yeah. I never knew that. I thought you really were just signing people up for some No, cat. yeah, no. That's no, I came up with all it's those for like a real facts. service. <laughs> wow. I learned something new like 15 years later. <laughs> Wow, Nick knows a lot about cats. So um, from this, from the cat dancing scene, we get into what's like the final, like after commercial break, quick scene that, you know, normally happens on these shows. And it's Sabrina in her room with the cat. And basically the whole scene was just that they were talking. He was talking a little bit about like his life beforehand. And she's like, oh, I'll be right back. I need to get some more milk. And he's like, well, stay there. You're a witch. Just look under M. And she looks through his spell book. And she's like, oh, wow, look, magic milk. Which I laughed at so hard. Such a fucking weird, like, random yeah. thing. Was anybody else expecting it to not be, like, cow's milk, but, like, duck no, milk? or no, maybe, it, maybe it was bat milk. Yeah. Duck milk? Did ducks produce milk? I don't think <laughs> no. So. Ducks are mammals, right? No, they're not mammals. They're not mammals, right? I was going to say, they're not no. mammals, so they can't produce milk. <laughs> duck milk? <laughs> 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 um. It's quackastic. <laughs> they make eggs. They're a different thing altogether. But they go together. Breakfast. That's true. Delicious. She does this magic milk spell, and I thought it was actually a decent effect because I was trying to figure out how they did it. It was a. They definitely ran a hose up her arm, and it was just attached. Yeah, to like the could, I, of the I cup. thought maybe it was something like that. But again, this works well as a regular effect versus when they keep making the pineapple thing happen earlier, and it's so fucking bad. Yeah, you see the milk like raising up into the glass that she's holding after she did the um. Magic I think if there was spell. just a hole in it and they let it drain somewhere and they just played it in reverse. It wasn't reverse. I looked at it. You could tell it wasn't reverse. So she's like, "Oh, cool, it works." And <laughs> the last line is just Salem going, "Hey, share." Like that was a weird like last line. <laughs> that <laughs> That's like milk. Well, yeah, <laughs> not good for them though. Also, like, I mean, I would give them the runs. Whatever, like, it. If she was just up in a room drinking a glass of milk, that's kind of random to begin with. But the I idea do that, that she, all the time. But like, you run out, you go, "Oh, I'm out of milk. I have to go have a second glass of milk now." <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I guess I have water now. It's yeah, a lot. Of, it's weird. a lot of milk to be drinking. Should have been drinking duck milk. It's satisfying. Duck milk. Woo hoo! That was um. That's the conclusion of this episode. So I don't know if anything else is left to be said. We've we've tackled this pretty thoroughly. Um, so I guess the only thing to do now is the green lighter cancel. Joe, I'm going to start with you. This is a rare one where I came in conflicted. I usually have a pretty good understanding of it. Look, nostalgia makes me say yes on this. The idea of how much I hated this, <laughs> watching it as an adult. But like you have to, again, is it for you or is it not for you? I'm going to go with the green light. I don't love it, but like I liked it as a kid and I think it would appeal to people who this is for. And I'm trying to take myself out of this not being for me. There's enough interesting stuff, enough funny jokes. Salem's great. I love Penn and Teller. I love Debbie Harry. 
I don't want to dwell on this because it feels like weird to dwell on it, but it's fine. It, it's for an audience and it worked at the time. I don't know if it would necessarily work now. Like, I don't know if this would pull a 16 year old or 14 year old attention now or whatever, but it's a green light. But I, I, I don't want to ever watch it again. If that makes sense. You just said you hated it. And then you gave it a green light it's because it makes show. sense. It's not a bad show. I just don't like it. That's me separating myself from the, uh, when I was, 11 i liked this show and now i'm 36 and i don't want to watch it but i understand why it's a decent show i just don't want to watch it ever again as a 36 year old you know what i mean mm-hmm. so ferg you next i don't like i said i didn't watch this i don't have any nostalgia towards it um i didn't think the plot was bad M- most of my issues were from a technical standpoint i didn't think the show was paced very well i didn't like how it just went from scene to scene no transitions no anything uh I am going to give it a green light just based on, I, I did enjoy the episode, but it had a lot of problems. Um, but overall plot itself was good and it's a decent show. So I would like to see more Nick. Yeah. I agree a lot with what, uh, Fergan Jove said so far, but I, this was not a, this was a poorly executed pilot. In my opinion, I don't think they got the point across well enough like they got the point across like we know what's going on but i don't think they did a good job of doing it but like joe said you don't really have to think about it like that when you're the age of the demographic that this show was made for i think if you put yourself in those shoes the it's enticing enough the storyline is enticing enough to want to keep you interested and i think obviously that's the most important part of you know anything like this is is the story good and i do think it is um not without its faults, as we've gotten into. Uh, I'm giving it the soft green light, uh, but I am giving it the green light. Gordo. I didn't like this show as a 37-year-old man. But like you all said, like it was a good enough show if that's what you're gearing it towards. Like It's fine for what it is for a children's show. If I were back in that age range, yeah, sure, I would watch a second episode. Uh, me as a 36, seven year old man. No, I don't want to watch a second episode. Stop making me watch children's episodes and putting me in this. We really need to get like a push because like, I don't want to green light it or cancel it, but ultimately I'm gonna green light it because that's, it had all the elements of a good show and it made you want to see what episode two is. Yeah. So, um, listen, I was conflicted. We talked about it before we even recorded like that i wasn't i wasn't sure how, which way i was gonna go uh ultimately i'm gonna also green light it i think the pilot has problems for sure uh ferg i think you're right like the, i think the second half was rushed not so much in the beginning the beginning i thought was very boring like i thought it was, it was going by very slow and i felt myself like checking the time a lot which is never a good sign when you're watching things like this but there was enough there you got like um i was like you just kind of had to get through that first part and when you were in the school, it was a little funner and you meet the characters and you see the dynamic between them and the chemistry. Like there's enough there to think that this is going to have some legs. And I think honestly, Melissa Joan Hart just has like a charisma about her. Like, I think she's um like, she really draws you and like, she was such a relatable person. I think that's why she had such a good run with like back to back shows was a lot on her. You know, you guys have all touched on it. The show's not made for us, not at this age. So to watch it all over again, fresh-eyed as an adult, yeah, it's not going to hit the same. But I do remember being a big fan when I was a kid and keeping that in mind with just this first episode, though, and not just judging it as a whole. 
I think it still makes sense to give it the green light. I think there was enough there. So that being said, guys, um, that's a perfect five out of five. Uh, soft five out of five, but you know, nonetheless, it's a soft five inches right there is what that is. So congratulations. Can we like name something or like distinguish these shows differently? Because I feel like we've done a lot of these shows where it's been like a soft five out of five. I agree with Gordo. I think we need yellow lights. Yeah. That's overcomplicating something. You're probably right, but. Because like, the, I think the point of it is, uh, is it a show that you would pass? Like if we were an executive or not? Yeah, you can't maybe. If you worked, at, if you worked in the boardroom, you're like, I'm going to give it the old yellow. They're going to go, what the fuck does that mean, Nick? Decide right now is this job, <laughs> are, we, are we going to pass this show or not? There you are jobs bad, on the you line. Know, you know how bad it would be if it was two and two and then the, the, the fucking tie break goes, yellow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would do that intentionally, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that, that being said, uh, congratulations to Sabrina. You do live on for an episode two through us. So, guys, thank you for listening again. Um, thank you. If you made it to this point, thank you so much. It's a long episode. Uh, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our socials. Give us a follow there. Uh, additionally, uh, don't be afraid to leave us some reviews. But, yeah, that's it, guys. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a non-spooky Halloween supernatural-themed episode because we will be into November. So, um, thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Peace. I think we got the best Carolyn, right?